Retro nonsense in the house, y'all. Autobots, transform and roll out. No, I am your father. No! Fight for freedom wherever there's trouble. G.I. Joe is there. G.I. Joe. Just give me my retro. Welcome to the Retro Nonsense Podcast. I am Duke, and with me, as always, is my good friend Chris Roberts. And uh, this month, we're going to do something a little different because uh, we're a little late getting this out and life's been very busy. It's my busy season at work and Chris has been busy as well, I think. We had a main topic lined up, but we're going to save that for next month. And instead, we're just going to do a couple of hot topics or things that we're currently have been doing or that we're into and a couple of movies that we've seen. So we're going to do it that way this month and see how it goes. But before we get into that, let's talk about the Beat the Bandy Challenge. So, Chris, you are in it full speed ahead, looks like. You've uh, played a couple of games, right? Well, yeah, but I kind of feel like you, <laughs> you know, come on, man. It could have been way more interesting had you stuck playing Mario 2. Then you go and jump ahead, <laughs> and you play the Ghosts and Ghouls or whatever, and I'm like, yeah, okay, you win. Because it's going to take me probably, you know, i got to beat both games now. You only got. You don't even have to beat the second game. Now, now playing Mario 2 is irrelevant. i got to beat Ghost and <laughs> Ghouls, so you win. Well, we, <laughs> we, we need to see where um, where Matt falls in here. Oh, he hasn't Matt's really, not uh, going to find both. I not haven't heard much from Matt this month. Dude, I don't think he's beaten anything. It took him forever to beat Contra. So, Did he beat Contra? Yeah, he beat Contra. He sent me I don't, oh, I mean, I, spoiler he, alert, he, he sent me a picture. I don't know why he doesn't oh, post. It's his challenge. He didn't post it. I know. It's <laughs> like, I'm telling you, he needs to have all this stripped from him. No more beat the bandy. <laughs> just, uh, you know, it's just got to be we're playing a game. Yeah, for those who aren't familiar, this month we're doing another, or I'm sorry, it's for two months. It was um, March and April. We had to beat four games. Contra with no continues. Um, Rygar on the NES. Uh, Super Goals and Ghosts, one run on the Super Nintendo. And then Super Mario Brothers 2. And they all have a, a point associated with them. Contra was um, uh, 15, right? I believe. Yeah, uh, something like that. I think Contra Super was Goals and 15. Ghosts was 20. Yeah. Right, something like that. And then the... Rygar was 10, and Super Mario Brothers 2 was 5. Right. Points. And if we uh, if anybody tied, then we would have a high score challenge to beat to beat that tie. But um I have beat Contra, Rygar and Super Ghouls and Ghosts. Chris, you have beat Contra and Rygar and uh, apparently Matt has beaten Contra. He just didn't tell anybody. Right. Apparently. So Well, that's... he told me, so I guess that's all that matters. Breaking news here on the podcast. <laughs> Um, but technically, this is officially supposed to be posted on our Discord. So um, that's where you can go to include your screenshots and your score and your and all that kind of stuff and get into the challenge. So there's only a couple of weeks. It's, it's the 12th as of this record, April 12th. So he's got the rest of the month, or anybody who wants to play has the rest of the month to join in and try to beat the four games. But um, anyway, I've been having fun with it. Um, I really enjoyed... Um, Playing through. That was the first time I ever beat Contra with no continues. Um, now, recently, Chris, you have done a no death run. Is that correct? Like uh, a couple months ago, I think. 
Oh, well, I've done that multiple times. When I did it for the first time was a few years ago, I believe. It okay. I, I think it was pre-pandemic I had done it on a vacation. Okay. I usually like to beat a couple of games on uh, Christmas vacation, and um, I like to try to do one in Easter, and I try to do several during uh, summer break uh, because that's the way my schedule works. Um, but what I did recently was beat my high score, I was try I'm trying to get the perfect score, but I, I can't. It just takes a little bit of time. I might actually do that after we get off, just as a way to tell you your Contra thing sucks. Okay, I want you to know that I'm gonna get because there's a there's a um, a max score you can get. I think you have to go through it seven times, um, obviously without oh continuing. Uh, I've done it like four and a half. I think on like maybe five. I, I it might have been my fifth run. I died. I I ran out of lives. Um, and that's with no code, you know. Like I mean, I guess mm -hmm. technically right. you could do it with the thirty, but I mean that's not the challenge, you know. Uh, you could do it with thirty and still get the max score, but again, you can't continue because once you continue, your score resets. But uh, right, that's the cheap way to do it with the thirty. If you can't do it with just the three lives and get whatever lives you earn, then uh, I don't think it counts. That's my opinion. But. Mm -hmm. um, that's what I, that's, that's, uh, I think my high score is seven, uh, no, maybe it's like close to five million, but the, the high score is seven and something. I could be wrong about that. I have to double check because it's been a while since I've been in that, you know, thinking about it, but uh, right. whatever it is, there's a max score and it won't go anymore. You can continue to play, but you will not accumulate any more points. Uh, I see. And I, I'm assuming there could, I, I really don't know if there's a true kill screen um where the game just stops but mm -hmm. um i don't really know of any nes games that have a kill screen i don't know well i imagine with the score it's probably not a kill screen the score probably just stops or goes to zero right. or something like that no no that's not a kill screen but i'm saying i don't know if beyond the max score if there's a some sort of oh. kill screen where like the, the game just stops on you like it does mm -hmm. in the arcade because, um, you know, in the arcade, you run out of memory. I don't really know how it would work on the NES. I don't know if there is a... Right. I don't know. But um, as far as I know, there's not a true, like, a kill screen. But I would imagine the max points would technically be your kill screen, but you won't know that until you get through a level. You know what I mean? Because right. it doesn't have a right. score on the right on right. the screen, right. so you wouldn't really know that until you made it to the next level. But anyway, yeah, I mean, good to you. Good for you, uh coming through again you know well it's not over yet eh, it's over but... <laughs> well let me go back to so you you've no death run contra multiple times like like four or five times oh you, you, maybe even a dozen oh wow point. i, I only that. documented like the first time I, well when i went when i got that high score recently um prior to that i kept besting my high score i went from you know, a million something to two million something to three million something to whatever the last score was, and mm -hmm. um, and along the way, each of those runs had multiple death run, no death runs in it. Because every time you loop the game, then I consider that run a new run as far as getting through that. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, right. right. Once you start on stage one and you get to you know the last stage, the alien. Uh, that's considered a run in my, as far as I'm concerned. So if you start from the first stage yeah. and get to the last stage without dying, I don't care which loop you're on, that's another no-death run. Yes. You know what I mean? So even if you yes, had I died did. in one of your previous loops, that would be a... So I have in a no-death run loop, you know, in a, in a loop or um, 
in a high score goal, um, I've had multiple death, no death runs within that uh, that session. Wow. But wow. Uh, the, the first time I got the no death run, I was just happy to be done, and then I just shut the game off. I didn't continue any further, which kind of irritates me because I'm like, why did I do that? I had a really good run going. I was in the <laughs> zone. I should have kept going to try to get the high score, but... That's cool. So Contra, if for those who for those who don't know, is your your favorite NES game of all time, right? That's, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, yeah, you know, so, when, when you get into that top five, it's kind of various degrees. You know, you know what I mean. It's not like one mm-hmm. is so much ranked higher than the other, but yes, it is my favorite game. Right. So I have no interest in all of that with all the the high score, but I. After doing this no continue run, I found myself very interested in trying to go for a no death run because I think it's very doable for me. I only died twice um, that last run where I finally beat it with no continues. And um, so I, to me, that would be a, quite an accomplishment to, to be Contra with, without dying once in you know, one run. So I think I'm going to give that a shot here in the near future because I had a really fun time um, playing through that and, and doing that for the first time not continuing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think you can do it. It really just comes down to concentration. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, um, if you can beat it on one, you know, no continues, three lives. Um, if you can do that, you could do a no death run. It's it's just really about concentrating. Mm-hmm. And the fact right. is, I mean, the more you think about, it, the more pressure you're putting on yourself. So if you're not really giving it a lot of thought and you're just playing, you know, like uh, I remember mm-hmm. uh, when I visit my friend. Um, uh, Jason and uh, we were I was at his house and another friend came over um, we were playing co-op me and Adam and I know death run <laughs> during the <laughs> I mean well technically well I guess technically speaking I didn't really count it that would have probably been my first no death run but um, he died so he took some of my men kind of thing and uh, right. I don't I didn't really think of it as not plus it's a co-op but um, which probably is a little more challenging I think Cause you got another guy altering the screen and the pace. Mm-hmm. Um, I would really like to sit down with someone who's really got some, you know, maybe when I pay you a visit, uh, me and you could try a co-op death run. Oh because, yeah. That'd be uh, awesome. That would be pretty cool. For sure. Well, another thing that I noticed when playing through it is it goes without saying that it's uh, probably one of the best NES games ever made. It's a classic video game in its entirety. But it, for good reason. I mean, it really reminded me of how tight this game is and how fun it is and how great the controls are, how great the game design is. It's just such a fun game to play. I mean, I've probably beaten it 50 times in my life, and it just never gets old. It's just so fun. So fun. And, su- and such great music, and for the time, such great graphics. All those Konami games back then, that was their peak, man. You know, between that, we talked about this before, um, and the Castlevania series and Jackal and all those you know, not all of them were great. Like Russian attacks, kind of mediocre. I, I, I um, really, I really like Russian attack. I kind of put it up there, I, but I, I know too. some people have the issue with uh, the jump being up and all that. But I think once you start playing that game and you get used to the mechanics, um, that was one of the games I had as a kid. Uh, my yeah, me too. My godfather bought it for me for a uh, birthday, and uh, I was just grateful to have. Um, to have an extra game and it was completely unexpected like i didn't you know he had never bought me a gift in my life as far as i knew and uh one day you know he had i had seen him in town my mom had saw him we had me and her had just moved and uh, we she bumped into him and 
he wanted to stop by to talk to me and I guess he got there before I got off of school and then I guess for some reason she showed him my bedroom which is weird but uh, while he was in there looking around he noticed I had a Nintendo uh, so I guess he must have glanced at my games to see what I had too because I mean he took a chance he really didn't know what I had I, if he didn't that's a great guess but uh, on my birthday he stopped by and said hey I got you something he handed it to me and I could tell right away it was a Nintendo game by the you know just the shape I opened it up and it was Russian Attack and I had um, very faint experience with it because it was called um, I believe it was called Green Berets in the arcade. I think that's what it was called because they had a different name in the arcade. Um, and, um, uh, I, think I thought so. it was called Russian Attack in the arcade. I think was maybe it? are you thinking of maybe the Famicom version or something? No, I'm talking about the arcade. I could be wrong. I could be wrong too, but I'm pretty sure it had. I don't know. I don't. I thought it had a different name, but maybe it does had the same name. There was something different about the arcade version that really stood out to me. Um, but once I started playing it, I realized it was what I played in the arcade. They, we had one in a round table uh, that was near us uh, when we lived in Fresno. But maybe it was the same. I don't know. There was something different about it, though. But anyways, whatever it was called, um, uh, you know, I got it. And I started playing it, and I just learned to love it, you know. So maybe I'm a little jaded by nostalgia, but I still think it's an awesome game. Oh, no, I, I wasn't saying it wasn't a great game. Cause I oh, no, really, no, I know I you weren't, but I, I know you know you think other people might think it's mediocre, but I, I well, say what else, wrong. Well, what I, what I really meant was, I guess, is it's not it's not quite as good as Castlevania and Contra. I think it's just a notch maybe below those those. Oh, for those sure. Two. And even, but, but, yeah, I think I agree. I think it's a great game. I played it in the arcade as well. They had it at my local roller rink when I was a kid, and um, I, I liked that in the arcade, and I love the NES version too. But and then even games like Double Dribble and Blades of Steel. I mean, Konami was just so good, so good back then. Yep, it was released as. Uh, I'm just looking it up, dude, and it says it was released in some countries as Green Beret. So what? Um, okay. What probably it might have had dual names in the arcade, but the arcade mm-hmm. that I went to, it the the nameplate said Green Beret on it. So gotcha. it could have been one of those situations where mm-hmm. it had. Uh, Depending on which arcade you went to and which marquee they had, but I definitely remember it being called Green Beret. Um, gotcha. Because I didn't. I, once I started playing it, anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, but I'm right. You're wrong. So I just want that on the record. That's all. Hey. <laughs> so then I I kind of talked Matt into putting Rygar on this list because he he said he he's been meaning to try that game out, and I I said I thought that was a pretty easy game to beat, um, for like a ten point game. So he sure. put that on there, and both you and I, that was your first time beating it, right? Yeah. Well, um, I might have told this story before, but back into uh, my very f- first few games that I owned, um, I wanted to buy a game, and in the arcade, Rygar had a completely different game mechanic. It was more arcade yeah. Like that first right. level in Rygar, that was, that was still the same, but uh, it continued with levels that was similar to that level. Yes. There was no RPG or leveling up element to it. Um, you didn't right. have to. It was worry a beat 'em up, it. essentially. It was essentially yeah, hack and slash, beat 'em up, however you want to call it. Um, so I had saved up, you know, I cut, got a couple of lawns. I think it cost me thirty bucks or maybe a little bit more. I went to Home Express and I, I bought the game and I got it home and I was excited because me and my friend Arthur, we used to play it at our local um, Jiffy, which is just a quick, uh, like a quickie mart. And uh, I popped it in, and I got through the first level, and then it wasn't the same. And I was <laughs> majorly disappointed, which, 
Um, I really wish I would have stuck with it because I playing it this go round. Um, I really enjoyed it a lot, man. And um, and I found out kind of a little. Uh, I wouldn't want to call it a glitch because that's not really an accurate assessment. But I found a place where I can grind points really easy um, to experience mm -hmm. up. I really feel like I know Death Run this game fairly easy. As long as I can get to that one spot without having any, any issues, um, yep. I can grind up those points really fast. And then once you're, once you're max, uh, and the points that I'm referring to is uh, there's like a leveling system. I forget I forget what it's called. Um, Lass and something else. Yeah, it's else. got like a weird, yeah, it's got a yeah. weird name. Yeah. You get, you, you're leveling up two things. I guess one is the abuse you could take and one is the abuse you could put out i guess i mean because why would so, they yeah i think that was yeah one's like a health uh level up and make you stronger and the mm -hmm. other ones that make your weapon stronger um once you get to that max thing the bosses are really quick like i was beating yeah. bosses in like two or three hits maybe mm -hmm. four like i was beating them really quickly um i do feel like the game's a challenging game and you know uh, even is, even yeah. with the level up there's still some platforming and um you know, a couple of tough, you know, mini bosses or, or like just, amp, you know, like uh, creatures that you will fight along the way. And, and the bosses can be uh, a little challenging, um, you know, your first time going through them. But um, I only continued a couple of times. And that was before, actually, I leveled up. After that, I think I only continued once. So I might have mm -hmm. continued maybe three or four times total. But I think I can get that down to none. At least, and then maybe even do a no death run. But, uh, anyways, to finish up the Rygar story, when I um, <laughs> so then I was like bummed out because I was actually debating between two games. I was gonna get Rygar or Tiger Heli, and um, so I went back to uh, to Home Express, and while I'm standing there in line, I kind of glanced up and I saw they had like a return policy showing, and uh, it said no returns or exchanges unless defective, right? And I'm like, oh man. You know, because other stores were just taken back. I mean, this was kind of when it was getting into the... Maybe people are worrying about bootlegging or something, which I don't know how you could bootleg a Nintendo game in 1988, but who knows? Maybe someone <laughs> did. And um, so I got up there, and, and, you know, this guy was a pretty big guy. You know, he's, you know, oh, what, what is this? And I had my receipt in the game, and I told him it wasn't working. And he goes, well, how, what do you mean it wasn't working? I was like, ah, I put it on. It's just like staticky. It's glitchy. I, I, it, wasn't, it won't play. <laughs> And he's looking at me, goes, okay, well, you're going to have to sign an affidavit stating that. And if we find out that you weren't telling us <laughs> the truth, uh, you will be liable for the cost of the game and our attorney fees if we have to take you to court. And attorney I sat there. Fees. Right. And I sat there and I processed it for a second. I'm like, this dude ain't tracking down some 11 year old kid or it don't mean get out of here i'm like yeah here I'm, what do you want me to sign okay i'll sign that give me that tiger heli over there and uh he exchanged me out and i got out of there i was just like this dude's like i'm like for all like whoa your affidavit that sounds like serious and this guy, I, I, he got no id he got no i mean i think i put an address right. or something i don't know i might have put some information but i'm like you gonna That's track funny. a kid you can't take a kid to court get out of here so yeah yeah well i'm glad you liked it this time because i was eager to to have you play through it because this is one of my favorite games i, I love this game I, and it's funny I, I know we talked about this story before but i had the exact opposite experience i had rygar as a kid on the nes and i loved it and i've played through it multiple times and the first time i ever even knew that it was an arcade game was just a few years ago when we were in chicago for c3 
and we went to the Galloping Ghost, and I was like, oh, look, here's Rygar. I didn't know it was an arcade game, too, so I started playing it. I was like, this is terrible, because I was so used <laughs> to the NES version. So I played yeah. it for, like, I don't know, maybe two levels and just walked away from it, because I was like, this is dumb. So I had an exact opposite experience. But um, playing through this again um, with the, the Beat the Bandy Challenge, I always enjoy playing through this game. I love the music in it. It's got, you know, fantastic music. Um, it suffers um, with a lot of slowdown, but it's... I don't care. It doesn't I don't think it was much. too bad. I mean, I know what you're saying. There is some slowdown, but I, I thought it was fine. I mean, especially by the standards of the day. Yeah, when a bunch of enemies get on the screen, it really kind of bogs down a little bit. But, it, you know, it was pretty common for these types of games back in, you know, that NES era. Yeah. But um, I, I really enjoy, enjoy playing through it again, and I'm glad uh, Matt put it on the list there. Um, and then uh, I also beat Super Ghouls and Ghosts. That was the second time I beat that game, and that, that's certainly a challenging game. But um, it's a really good game. It's the you know predecessor to, uh, or I guess a sequel to, um, uh, Ghosts and Goblins on the NES. And this is on the Super Nintendo. So right. it's like an amped up version of Ghosts and Goblins. But very challenging game, but um, really, really good graphics, great, great music, um, and just a really fun game. So really enjoyed that one too. And I got about halfway through, or maybe three quarters of the way through Super Mario Bros. 2, and ran out of continues and just kind of gave up on that for now. But oh, that's where I I'm at with the Beat the Bandy Challenge. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, you know, the thing is, I used to be so much better at that little slot machine to um, accumulate men. Um, I would max out. Yeah. And I don't know why my time... I don't really know what I'm doing wrong. Like, I'm, I'm only getting, like, maybe one or two per uh, round now. And I used to be able to... Uh, get triple cherries at will or if nothing else at least get the cherry at the beginning uh so you're always guaranteed one yeah. man uh, yeah. one life and um yeah i don't know it's uh i don't know what i'm doing wrong i mean i i, I don't you know i try not to uh look up anything when we're doing stuff like this because i kind of just want it to be uh mm -hmm. my skills and i don't want i don't want to mm -hmm. cheat the game out you know i want to just kind of beat it you know what i mean and, and do right. it on whatever whatever i bring to the table when i turn on the nintendo but uh, I am curious what I'm doing wrong, though. So I might look it up just to find out. Cause there must be a cue I must have knew or something, because I, I really don't. I've tried different methods, like uh, even closing my eyes and counting, like one, one thousand, one. You know, you know, I don't know. Try to get the same <laughs> thing every time, and I'm like, ah. or do it really fast. You know, I don't know. I forget what I used to do, but I used to have a system, and I would get it every time. I was doing okay with that. I just I got into a rhythm where I just hit the button like boop 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 three times in a row just in a certain rhythm, and I, I don't know about fifty percent of the time I'd get a one up or something like that. Yeah. So good. I was doing okay with it, but I wasn't doing great. But now, where, did you that, use any of the too. warps, or did you try to beat every level? I I did not use any warps. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm not sure I remember the warps. Oh yeah, I, I remember where the warps are. There's th three or at least three that I know of, um, they usually involve throwing, um, well, they, I think they all involve, uh, throwing, um, the little potion on top of one of those jars that you go down in. So when you put the door on top of it and then you go through the door and then you pull down, you go into the warp. Um, I didn't even No, I forgot about that. Yeah, I've done that. Uh, that, that's something, pretty much all the things came back to me. I don't think I've ever actually... I'm pretty sure I've never beaten it actually on the Nintendo. I beat it on the Super Nintendo. Because um, hmm. I didn't okay. own Mario 2, but I own Mario All-Stars. 
So that's how I used to play it, and I, I know I've beaten it on it because I remember the end screen and you know all that. Oh but, yeah, yeah. But uh, I don't consider it a, a an, an NES beat. You know what I mean? It's a Super Nintendo uh, mm-hmm. win, not a not an NES mm-hmm. win. Because I'm pretty sure with the Super Nintendo, I saved and came back to it later. I didn't do it all at once. Right. I didn't get the endurance factor that you have to do on a NES. Right. Right. So that's the Beat the Bandy Challenge. Again, you got a couple a couple weeks to join in if you're interested. And uh, Matt, uh, we're waiting for you to uh, post your scores and maybe beat another game or two to give us a bit of a, a challenge here. Oh, yeah, man. Kind of I mean, come on, dude. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess the next thing we have on our list here is to talk about some recent events. Um, there's been a lot going on since our last record. So I want to talk about a couple things that um, were happening in my life. Um my wife, Tara, is an avid runner, for those who don't know, and uh, she hit a major milestone um, a few weeks ago. She ran her first 100-mile um, race, and um, it was quite an amazing feat, and I'm very proud of her, and I was there to help her through it, and it was an amazing experience, but uh, somehow she ran a 100 miles, and um, it was unbelievable. It took her 32 and a half hours to run. And she ran um, through the night and all day the next day and then into the, the following night with no sleep, um, no rest, really. She stopped at aid stations and threw some stuff in her mouth and changed her, her socks a couple times, and that was pretty much it. Um, and if that wasn't hard enough in and of itself, there was a lot of elevation on this particular course. So she gained a total of 15,000 feet of elevation so it was like climbing <laughs> a very tall mountain um while she was running this race so that really added to the difficulty of it and um she did it with a couple of friends and three of them uh her and two other friends uh crossed the finish line together and it was quite quite an amazing um she had a half an hour to spare she said they had 33 hours to complete this race and she finished it in uh 32 and a half hours. And that was partially by design. They kind of paced themselves to do it that way to make sure that they could save enough energy to to finish the race. Their goal was just to finish it because this was their first 100. So um, they pulled it off. And I'm, I just, I still can't believe that she did it. I mean, I, I knew she was going to do it, but it's still an amazing thing that she did. And um, I was so glad that I was there with her. I even got to ran that final loop with her. So how this particular race worked was it was a loop race. So it was a um, seven and a half mile loop that she ran 13 times. And uh, prior to that, she ran a three mile loop and that made up the 100 miles. So she had she had an aid station she came to every seven and a half miles, which was where I was, like a little camp out with all her aid stuff and food and her clothes that she might have needed and stuff like that and water. Um, <clears throat> so I was there helping her for that. And they were allowed to have what they call pacers. So for two of those loops, I was able to run with her, and I ran the very last one with her and ran ahead and got her and and was there at the finish line for her. So it was really amazing. I just wanted to bring it up because I know I've mentioned uh, her running before in the podcast, and this was quite an amazing thing that she did. And um, she just keeps defying the odds and doing things that I just are just quite amazing for any human being. But for a woman of her age and for someone who came into running later in life, she's just amazing, an amazing runner. And she's got heart and passion and 
just things that um, are just very inspiring. So I just wanted to congratulate her on the podcast and tell her how proud of her I am. Yeah, I don't think I could have so. walked what she did. So <laughs> in a couple of days, I think I'd have tapped out. Um, maybe in a week. Yeah. You know, I don't know. That's pretty intense. Uh, that's awesome, yeah, man. That's Terry, cool. you, you kicking you kicking all kinds of butt up there because. Uh, Ooh, I don't know. And this wasn't uh, all flat, right? Elevation? Yeah, like, like I said, it was it was extreme elevation. Yeah, that's it was, what I'm saying. It like, the, <laughs> like it was a, it added up to fifteen thousand feet. Oh, dude! So it was in, it was very very intense elevation, and the terrain. It, this is all in the woods. This is not like on the road. Yeah. This, is, this is trail running. So she's, I, I ran the loop with her. It was it was you barely runnable it was rocks and boulders and no. streams you're running across yeah it's it's yeah, very so, very see, as soon stuff. as you said that it was 100k right or 100 miles which was 100 again? miles okay that's right 100 miles. so as soon as you said 100 miles i i kind of zoned out a little bit because i was thinking of how many months would it take me to run 100 miles let alone when she did it in like <laughs> two days or whatever like what uh, no. 32 hours yeah 32 no no chance no yeah um that's pretty awesome wow. man it was awesome it was totally awesome so also we um my wife and i just celebrated our 30th anniversary together um being a couple this isn't this is not our wedding anniversary this is our together anniversary so i just wanted to mention that we've been together i think i probably mentioned it a couple times but um since we were just teenagers and we just uh hit our 30th anniversary uh being together so just wanted to mention that as well so we were she was 14, I was 16 when we started dating back in 1992, and we've been together ever since. And we've been married 20, it'll be 23 years uh, this summer. So we actually just got back from a trip to celebrate uh, where we did some more hiking. We went to uh, the mountains in Virginia, and we summited two mountains, um, and it was quite quite an amazing trip. So I'll throw some pictures on the Discord because we got some really cool pictures of us on top of the mountain. <laughs> it was really, really cool. It's a mountain called Old Rag is one of them. And the other one was called, um, gosh, I forget now. But um, it, they were, one was like, uh, I think 4,000 feet above sea level was the higher one that we went to. Um, yeah, and so it was a really fun trip and it was beautiful weather and we saw all kind of beautiful waterfalls and everything and it was really quite incredible but just wanted to bring up our anniversary more than anything yeah and a happy anniversary well that's really awesome thank you thank you i don't think i would go climb a mountain to celebrate uh an anniversary (laughs) i think i just uh, that's typically yeah go to a restaurant or uh you know take a drive (laughs) or something but you know hey well it's funny in our later years we've really discovered that we enjoy going on these adventures together instead of just you know because uh, we used to do that. We would have an anniversary and just go to dinner and get a hotel or something or whatever or to go over, uh, go to a bed and breakfast for a couple of nights. But now we, we do, we love doing these hiking trips and she loves doing the running thing. And yeah, it's, it's been fun. So we're really enjoying this chapter of life right now with the, the kids being a little older, you know, I got two adults now as children, uh, but Luke just turned 18 and Bobby's 19 and Anna's right around the corner. She's 15, so she'll be driving soon. And, yeah, they all got one foot out the door at this point, it seems. So we're in an interesting chapter of life right now with our age. So, <laughs> But it's been fun. We're having fun with it. So, All right, well, you had some things on the list you wanted to talk about, too. 
<clears throat> you know, you do those dumb things when you're uh, kind of a, you know, mid to late teens or early 20s, and you start giving away some of these childhood things that you don't think you're going to care about. And, um, when I had first started dating uh, my, my children's mother, um, uh, I had these wrestling tapes that I, you know, I recorded off of television. And, um, you know, when I first met her brother, I, you know, he was, he liked wrestling and he liked some of the interests that I liked. And, you know, it's kind of a way of befriending him. I said, here, you know, you can have these tapes, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, so years later I started thinking about those tapes, you know, and it kind of really started being like, you know what? He probably don't even care about those things. Where are they? I want them back. You know what I mean? I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> right. to take my stuff back. Um, so I asked him about it and. He didn't know where they were, or he was not giving them up. I don't know. I couldn't imagine he even cared about them, to be honest. But whatever the case was, I wasn't getting them back. And uh, so, as my kids would be over at their grandmother's house, I'd tell them, hey, you know, look around for those tapes. And then I'd even tell her, hey, you know, you see these tapes? Uh, let me have them. Or if nothing else, let me double them or something, you know? And um, could never find these things. Well, recently, you know, last year, she had passed away. And... Um, uh, they had the storage locker that still had some of her things in it. And so um, my my youngest son, Michael, uh, me and him were going to go over there. I was going to help him uh, go through some things and move some things around because they were trying to clean this locker out. And I found my tapes. You know what I mean? Oh, man. <laughs> and um, he did record over some of the stuff, which is, you know, it is what it is. You know what I mean? Like, I can't be mad at him for doing something. It was his stuff. But uh, there's enough on it. That whatever I whatever I salvaged, um, whatever's still on there means a lot. And uh, one of them is um, uh, a Royal Rumble I recorded. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Um, I had bought, you know, I did, I never really had access to um, pay per views much. And, on in those early days, you know, it was a lot of work to. Um, to record a pay-per-view because you had to uh, go to the cable company and they would give you some sort of filter and uh, you would unscrew the cable yeah. from the back of your box and you would screw this filter in and you would screw it back into the cable box. It wasn't as simple as calling them or now you just push a remote um, or whatever or you'd be on a streaming service. Like you wouldn't have to do any of this now, but back then it was pretty mm-hmm. archaic. And uh, yeah. my friend, uh, where we lived at, uh, we didn't have cable now, we were in the country. Cable didn't even service our area. Uh, but, you know, when we lived in Fresno, I had a friend. His name was Eric. And uh, we, me and him kept contact after I left. And we would still, like, spend the night, you know, on certain weekends. I'd stay the night at his house or he'd stay the night at mine. And um, I knew this Royal Rumble was coming up. So I had some money. I had, like, you know, it was going to cost, like, fourteen ninety nine, And, you know, I said, hey, you know, ask your mom if, if I can get this pay-per-view. And, uh... She did. She let me get it. And, you know, I paid her. It was awkward. You know, she even gave me a tape, too, which was kind of... I thought we were just going to get to watch it. And she actually gave me one of her tapes and let me, like, write over it. And, you know, it was like a re-record, you know what I mean? But, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I dubbed over something. But it was awkward because, you know, the whole time she's sitting there trying to make me feel small about liking wrestling and how silly it is. But (laughs) Really? Yeah, she was, you know, oh, Kathy, she wasn't the... I mean... At that time, she still kind of didn't like me. It took years for her to kind of gain her respect somehow, which was kind of mm. at the expense of poor Eric because then it became 
I, you know, the first I, a side story here. The first time I remember gaining this lady's respect is we were in the car, and uh, for some reason I was sitting in the front seat and Eric was in the back seat. And his mom had said something that really just had something to do with basic math, and uh, I just gave the answer. Now Eric reaches up and grabs his mom's purse and digs in it and grabs a calculator and starts adding it up, and he comes up with the answer and then she's like yeah me and chris got that five minutes ago and like from that point forward <laughs> i had all the respect and he had none of it and it was like <laughs> she didn't like his, his math skill right if i had known it was just gonna take some basic math i would have been <laughs> citing the multiplication table every time i went over there but you know um anyway so uh and it's you know and it was a it was really a um uh, like a blast from the past looking at this tape because uh, during the time I had a weird writing style. There were certain letters I always liked to capitalize and other letters that, you know, I didn't. Uh, for whatever mm-hmm. reason, I always capitalized my R's and E's, no matter what part of the sentence they were in. And I'm looking mm-hmm. at it, and um, and there it was. And then I also used to, like, cut out the, like the WWF symbol. Um, in the magazines, they always had these... Um, Closed catalogs. It was always the same catalog, at least for a certain amount of time, and sometimes they'd add new shirts or whatever. But um, I had a subscription to the WWF magazine, and uh, I would cut out the little WWF signs from these catalogs, and I'd tape them on things. Like if I was drawing or something, I'd tape it on the drawing or whatever. But I, I taped it on the tape, you know. So there it is. And the second I saw that, I was like, wow, like I couldn't believe it. Oh man. But, um, and then the, and then the, the one of the other tapes that, um, it was full of Saturday night's main event. And, um, this must've been later on. I, I double checked the, the dates and this one was, um, I think this, uh, maybe 89, 88, 89. Um, but it was in, and it kind of sucks because the label's a little ripped on it, but it was in an old rental case from my childhood rental store from um, oh. from, from Edna's, uh, Roy's Esquire. And it sucks because it's torn, so you can't read everything. But mm-hmm. I don't know, just to have, like, these little pieces back, you know what I mean? Kind of, it's just, you know, like, it gave me an appreciation from some of those old things. And, you know, I'm still kind of mad at that young self of mine. Like, why'd you give him this stuff? He probably didn't even care. <laughs> And, you know, frankly, one of the tapes, it was very staticky, you know, like it meant nothing. Mm-hmm. To, I know why he recorded over. It was a very poor recording. You know, we didn't right. have whenever I recorded it, we didn't have great uh, reception. And I didn't care because I could see it. And it's, you know, but it was not great to watch, you know. And uh, yeah, so screw you, Gary. I got my tapes back. He don't know it, but uh, <laughs> don't matter. They're in my house now. That's, su- that's super cool. So what year were they from? Uh, the earliest must have been probably 87, 88. Oh, okay. um, it was, so it was like 87, 88, 89. And then there was some from the early nineties, like 90, 91. Um, so, and then plus I actually ended up with some of his stuff too. That I will actually give him back, but I have some of his recordings as well. Cause we just kind of grabbed everything cause we had to get it out of there. So I have some of his recordings that have, um, some Phoenix Sun. He, he was a Phoenix Sun. He's a Charles Barkley fan, so any team he was on, he liked. So uh, he recorded like some Phoenix Suns games, and there's a couple good games. But what I what drew my interest is it has the commercials. So I'm gonna go through them and kind of mine out the commercials before I give it back to him and 
He doesn't even yeah, know. Yeah, I was going to ask you. I don't remember you mentioning if they had if the wrestling tapes had the commercials in They them. well, the one with the real poor reception that there was about 10 minutes on the end. I mean, it wouldn't matter anyways. It looks like crap. But um hmm. the the Saturday Night's main events ones, uh they all have the commercial well, like 3 or 4 of them have commercial there I think there's like 4 or 5 of them total different recordings. Um the earlier ones had the re- the commercials, the later ones I must have started learning how to dub to or like mm-hmm. pause it to um mm-hmm. you know add more tape or whatever so i yeah. started editing but then as i was watching it you could tell like i must have forgot or something because this commercial got through and it was it's pretty cool stuff because um the 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 ones that got through uh after i started editing them they were more wwf centric commercials like they would have this uh slam of the slam of the night or whatever but it was something that would be that would go into the commercial right. break mountain dew presents the slam of the night you can feel the tremors as he enters the arena it's the earthquake breaking new ground of the wwf his toll of victims continues to mount with each catastrophic encounter this earthquake rocks the richter scale and his shockwaves are not only thunderous but truly devastating this is one natural disaster you walk away from Mountain Dew salutes the earth-shaking slams of the earthquake. See you next time on the Slam of the Night. So if you right, paused right. it as they're saying, we'll be back. And if you pause it, this wouldn't have got recorded. But I must have picked up on it. I must have knew because as soon as that was over, I pressed pause. So, hmm. um, you know, I, I was usually in tune with kind of those things. Anyway, so yeah, pretty much they all have the commercials. And then even, you know, frankly, some of the, the stuff that he recorded over, I mean, that the stuff that he recorded that went over it um, is like Simpsons and uh, stuff off of Fox. So there's a lot of those commercials, which are at least he was recording some like new primetime. Cause that's usually when you get the best commercials. Mm-hmm. So there was some good commercials through that too. So I got a lot to deal with. I got about 10, 15 tapes I got to go through, but uh, Oh my God, yeah, I don't have the that's time right cool now. You got those back. Yeah, so I am happy to have him back. Even though, like I said, even though the one is mostly recorded all, I don't care. It's still my handwriting, my tape. Yeah. And uh yeah. So it's done. It's mine. That's awesome. Good for you. Good for you. Yeah, I'll never get anything like that back from my childhood because you know, um the house that I grew up in, we don't own anymore and all the stuff that I have here with me now is all the stuff that I had and which isn't all of it. You know, my mom um kept a select type of toys. I think I mentioned this before. She kept all my Matchbox cars, my Legos, and my comics. All the Star Wars stuff, all the Transformers stuff, photon guns, all my toy guns, all that stuff is just either flea marketed out or given to cousins and stuff like that. So I'll never see my own stuff like that. But that's okay because I really enjoy um, hunting for that stuff again on my own and stumbling across it out there at flea markets and in retro shops and stuff. And sometimes, like you said, you come across something that you forgot that you had. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I didn't, I forgot all about this. And that's really fun, too. So I'm, now, I'm have, having fun. Just a, have you tried uh, asking your siblings and uh, your nephew or cousins and all that if they still have them? I mean, that's a thought. No, but the, the, the chances are extremely slim. Because it was a tradition in my family. I had a very, very large family. And my father had like 10 siblings. And so I had cousins out the wazoo. And a lot of them I didn't really know that well because our family was so large. So we would just, as a standard practice with clothes and toys, would give them to the younger cousins. Um, so I don't even know them that well. 
anymore. So I it, it it'd be I don't think it'd be something that would Get to, that get would to really know him, Duke. <laughs> get to know him. I'm telling yeah. you, that's my advice, man. I'd get to know them and act like you're just wanting to talk to them for who they are. And after you kind of built up a little ground, you know, then you say, Hey, by the way, did my mother give you any of toys when you were you got any of that stuff? I want it back. You know, I'll buy it back. And then when you get you just don't get you don't pay them. You tell me you pay them later. Well, I'm, it's funny. I I specifically remember giving my NES oh. to one of my younger cousins. And my parents like we but they made us do this. This wasn't we didn't have an option. If they said that we weren't playing with it, we gave it to a younger cousin because they didn't want us let keep in junk that we didn't play with. So I remember when I took it over to his house and gave it to him, I could tell he didn't want it. Like he had already moved on too. And I was like, hey, here's my NES. You're a younger cousin. And he was like, oh, gee, thanks. You know, I probably, he probably already had a Super Nintendo at the time. You know, So he probably threw it right in the trash for all I know. But that yeah, was just do the you way know this worked. younger cousin? No, not really. No. Me, all right. <laughs> I mean, I'll not, tell you a quick story about my Nintendo, okay? Um, when mm-hmm. I got to the age where I thought, like I wanted the value from it more than I wanted to keep it. There was this guy in town who had this, um, he started up like a little arcade and he started renting out video games, but he would buy your games from me. So I went down there, I sold him my Nintendo and all my games, which was probably about 10 games for like 140 bucks or something, 150 bucks. Like I remember at the time thinking, wow, I couldn't believe he paid me so much. He actually overpaid me by the current market at the time, but mm. either way he bought them, right? So, when I got back into collecting, uh, well, not the first time I got back into it, like in the mid to late 90s, but in the early, you know, like 2009 or whatever, when I started collecting again, right? When I started getting back serious. This thought started going through my head about, man, I wonder where that guy is. Do you think he's around anywhere? Like, the chance, there's a chance, like it's a slim chance that he still has it. But what if, you know what I mean? And right. um, I thought I started seeing him around town. I was like, and, and I, you know, and it didn't think of me like to go approach him. But, you know, I saw him a couple times, like at a distance and it, I couldn't get to him in time. He drove away or something like that. Right. Finally, all right. the stars lined yeah. up and we were both in the grocery store at the same time. Right. And right. I said, you know what? I- I'm going to make my move right now. So I walked over to him. And without letting him even get an edge, like a word in edgewise, right? I just start right in on him. I'm like, hey, man, how are you doing? You know, when I was a kid, you used to have that store downtown. And he started getting like these facial expressions, but I wasn't letting him talk. You know, I was going right through, you know, I was like, <laughs> I, you had this store and you were renting and, you know, you were renting out games and you had a little arcade and I sold my stuff to you and. I was like, dude, if is there any chance you have any of that left? And he started to talk. I said, like, I'll pay you top dollar, man. I, I don't, whatever it is, I'll actually pay you more. I'll show you what it's worth, and I'll pay you more just for the chance that it could have been mine. It might, you could even, you could have ten of the same game. I'll buy all ten of them because I know one of them were mine. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. And finally, I shut up to let him speak, and he said, "Oh man, um, I hate to tell you this, but." You're thinking of my twin brother. He's the one. And I didn't even know there was a twin. I was like, what? And I was like, oh, okay. Well, so there's still a chance. I was like, well, uh, what about, uh, can, can you get me in contact with him? And and he just had this look on his face like, nah. Like, I could, man, mm-hmm. but 
there's no way he still has it. And I'm like, but maybe he knows who he sold. You know, like, I don't know. Like, maybe there's a chance, you know? And he's like, right. nah, man, he got into drugs really bad. And anything he had that was worth the value is gone long time ago. And I was like, mm. dang, the dream is over. That's it. He just crushed it. You know what I mean? And now I don't even right. see him around. So for all I know, they're both dead. I don't know. It was like, Jeez. man, because I was hoping I was going to stay on him again. I thought, you know what? Don't take no for an answer. Be a salesman here. Let's even if he lies to you, this guy could have produced a Nintendo and I would have just bought it with just I would have just fooled myself into thinking it was mine. I'm like, oh, I remember that scratch. You know what I mean? But now it's funny you kind of mentioned that because one of the retro shops that my wife and I frequent these days is in the town that I grew up in. And it's that one shop that I think I've sent sent you pictures of and put pictures of of it on Twitter and stuff that is just completely overwhelming. There is just piles and piles of stuff everywhere. And I'm not going to lie, when I'm in there hunting through like the VHS tapes, I keep thinking, I wonder if I'm going to stumble across one with my handwriting on it one day because he just gets stuff pouring in there from like all the locals and there's just so much stuff to sort through. I mean, records, magazines, games, toys, you name it, he's got it. Right. And I keep thinking one day I'm going to see something that maybe used to be mine, but hasn't happened yet. But Well, what about the, the other angle? Like, um, it could have been something you rented, like if you could find something with... See, that's probably the closest thing you're going to get to something that has that childhood connection, is finding... Mm-hmm. Like, I got my son... Um, he ended up with the Gleam in the Cube, which is a movie with um, uh, Christian Slater in it. It's a skater movie, right? And mm-hmm. um, it has the it has Roy's Esquire label on it. And so I specifically remember re- renting this tape from her, and she didn't have multiple mm. copies. So that's the copy, you know, like this. Wow. This you know, I didn't own it, but I rented it at least twice that I can remember. And then I also have the Earthbound that she had. Um, that uh, I rented, but a, a local store ended up getting it in, and they called me and told me they had it, and if I was interested in it, and I went and bought it from them. You know, what kills me, though, is I know I actually have some of her games on the shelf, but I was in that stupid mode that when I, because I bought some from her when she was liquidating, and um, I took no. the stickers off, so I have no idea Ooh. which one's what, and or if I swapped them out, because that was another common practice I would do, is if something, if I ended up with a double, I would match them up, and whichever one looked nicer, I'd keep, so for all oh, I know, man. I don't know which one is which, you know, and it kills me to think, like, why would you do that, that's why I always tell anybody, man, when you get something in, especially if it was something that has any sort of sentimental, sentimental value, don't take those stickers off, man. You might be ruining it for the next guy. I'd pay more for that. Yeah. If somebody has a, a, one of those games, have a common game with her label on it, I'd pay them more than it's worth just to have it. But. Yep. Well, anything else before we move on to the next topic? No, no, go ahead. That's it. All right, well, you and I both recently saw the new Batman movie, and we both really enjoyed it. So I thought we'd uh, have a little talk about it. Yeah, man. I so uh, you want to give your uh, your overall thoughts and kind of a breakdown of what you thought of it first. Well, first off, I really like uh, uh, what Robert is it Pattinson. I think that's what it is. Pattinson. Name. Pattinson. Yeah. Um, I I really thought he did a good job. He had a really good. Um, he did a really good Batman, and he in his brooding Bruce is pretty much on point. You know, like that. I think that's something that I can appreciate. Um, 
because some of the like uh you know i'm not 100 percent in tune with every comic or whatever but kind of the way i know it is like the older bruce got the more he started playing that game of being the the you know like the happy-go-lucky billionaire or millionaire to so people wouldn't connect him with batman right but this is a young right. bruce and a young batman so he wouldn't know how to separate the two he's still young you know what i mean so right, I like right. that attention to detail of whether it was intentional or unintentional. That's the way I took it is, you know, they know he's not ready to play that game. So when you see him, he still looks wrecked. You know what I mean? He don't look all happy and everything. He still looks like a guy who's still not over the fact that his parents are dead. And um, that, that's a great observation because I, I, I agree. And I think um, what I liked about this portrayal of, of Batman and Bruce Wayne personally is he's batman like almost the whole movie yes and that's how it was in the comics yeah like he when he's talking to people when he's talking to gordon when he's in he's always in that batman suit and he was in the batman suit the majority of the time and i really really enjoyed that and it it almost was if you know when he was bruce wayne he wasn't comfortable he was more comfortable and more himself when he was in that batman suit and that's why he was in that i think the majority of the time and when he was out of the suit, he was, like, uncomfortable and didn't know how to act. And he was very reclusive. And he wasn't the playboy like we've seen, like you said, portrayed in the other in the other films. He was more, like, broken. And when I first saw that it was going to be, like, an emo, gothic kind of thing, I was like, oh, here we go again with the dark and gritty. But, man, I got to tell you, I think, it, I think it was a home run. I absolutely love this film. And I, we'll, we're going to get into a little bit here in a second rating our favorite Batman movies and our favorite actors and all, but I don't want to spoil too much, but, and I don't want to, just a heads up, I don't want to spoil too much, but there might be some light spoilers. Right, we're trying not to get too much, we're not, we're trying not to get too deep into the plot, just, I, at least right, I'm right. not, I'm, I, like when I talked about that, it, that's, that's something you could have picked up from the commercial, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right, they show right. Bruce Wayne in the commercial and he's very somber and, you know, if they want emo, if that's what you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And I know that mm-hmm. he's been referred to as that, but that's fine with me. I I actually like my Batman dark. I can't stand the the George Clooney campy. Uh, uh, that's not no. my, no. I want a dark Batman. That's, that. you know, yes. like I can understand the complaints about Superman. The Superman kind of being broody. <laughs> right, I, yeah. I, I get, I tr- even though I did like those. But I, I totally understand where people are coming from. Superman was supposed to be this symbol of hope and justice and, you know, uh, positivity. And here he is brooding just like Batman. Now, Batman, to me, has always been dark. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. When he's Batman, he's dish, dishing out vengeance. When he, and again, this is something from the trailer. When he beat the crap out of those dudes down on that subway, you know, he's, that guy's dead. If he's not dead, it's very, he's, he's wrecked. <laughs> But that's that anger coming out. That's that's who Batman is, you know. He's a he's well, a he's dishing out vengeance because he's tired of seeing the little yes. guy being taken advantage of and murdered, you know, like his parents. And you know, I thought that was um, I like that a lot, man. I, I give me dark Batman, give me bright Superman. You know what I mean? Agreed, agreed. And I think it was dark done well and not done. Just for the sake of being dark. I mean, think about Batman's origin. He's a broken character. He's right. always struggling with his past. He's always struggling with his purpose. Um, and he's dealing with crime in a violent way. And he struggles with that too. Am I doing the right thing? It's it's a dark character. Always has been since day one. 
So yeah, I agree. You don't want you know the. Of course, you have this the Batman TV show from the '60s that was campy and silly. Yeah, but that was designed um, to be that way because it was aimed towards yeah, kids to sell toys a, and right. cereal. You know what I mean? Like, but the the original Batman Detective Comics has always been a very uh, dark character his, since his origin. So yes, I think that's uh, consistent with what Batman is always supposed to be. So it wasn't like a new take on it or anything, but it was done done very well. So I, I also have to point out that I think this is by far the best Batman costume. I think it looked great. I thought looked fantastic. I always had little nitpicky things about the Batman costumes in all the films, and this is the first one where I have got no complaints. I think it fits him well. I think it looks fantastic. The cowl is great. The cape right. is great. It just looks real kind of like realistic. Um, not like body armor type stuff like it was in the Nolan series. And it wasn't all like stiff and rubbery like in the, uh, um, yeah. know, the uh, 90. The, what's the 89 name, the director? Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> I can't think of his name. Uh, um, the guy who did uh, Edward Scissor's hand. There you go. Tim Burton. <laughs> I knew he'd get there. It wasn't all stiff and rubbery like the Tim Burton version. Um, it just, I mean, they've come a long way with movie costumes anyway. Right. Since, the, you know, the late 80s, early sure. 90s. But this one just was, I well, thought, looked fantastic. Well the, other thing right I, the I, well, the other thing I like about it is, like, the mask looked like leather or something. It looked like he made yeah. it. This looked like something right. he would have made with a sewing machine or something. Because think about it. It's not like he could just order that. He has to make it. Or, or you know, uh, his butler. You know what I mean? Like, Alfred or him are mm -hmm. the ones making this. Because who else is going to make it and keep that secret? You know what I mean? So that's... Right. I right. like that. Because he would use practical materials. He wouldn't... It, you know? Right. Like, how would he design something like that? I mean, I guess, you know, like, if it was, you know, a little more modern, maybe there's some way to do it without... Uh, you know, he does own companies maybe he can own a manufacturing company or something but either way i really like the fact that you know it looked like something he made himself um i, I love the car i mean that car was awesome dude and that's awesome. another thing like that does go towards his youth because of course a youth you know a younger guy would want like an old hot rod i mean you know mm -hmm. at least something that was comparable to something his dad may had or something like the cool car when he was a kid you know what I mean? Because it looks, it looks awesome, man. And that thing's all fired up. It sounds mean too. And that oh, might and that, that, the reveal was so cool of that car. So cool. Well, and that and the and there's a chase in that movie without oh. talking about how it ends or anything like that. That might be one of the best chases I've ever seen. That was really good. Fantastic. And I I don't want to be prisoner of the moment here, but um, I remember when we were done watching it. That was the first thing that came to my mind. I was like, man, that was a great chase scene. It yeah. really was, and I liked um, I liked the subtlety of this film. You know, there was very little, little levity. There wasn't a lot of jokes. There wasn't very a lot, like, few, it was a very a couple, but yeah, they I, they felt like they felt earned. Like it didn't feel like something they were yeah. just throwing out there. It definitely wasn't Mister Freeze with his eighty five freeze puns. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like tonight's forecast: a freeze is coming. Allow me to break the ice. You are not sending me to the cooler. Freeze well. What killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age. Stay cool, bird boy. Let's kick some ice. 
Show some mercy. I'm afraid that my condition has left me cold to your pleas of mercy. No! All right, everyone. Chill. It's a cold town. Cool party. <laughs> Can you be cold, Batman? Chill. To perfection. Revenge is a dish best of cold. Winter has come at last. Freeze. Freeze! Ice! Freeze! Ice! Winter fiber! Frozen! Ice! Freeze! Winter ice! Ice! Freeze! Winter! Winter! Freeze! Cold! Frosty! I don't think there was a single one-liner in the entire film. And I like that. It was very, um, it was very subtle. And very, the, the tone was very consistent. And they didn't break, they didn't break away from that. It was, it was very well, even though it was like three hours long, it was a very long film. Yep. And maybe that's a slight complaint is they could have maybe edited it down just a little tiny bit because I don't I don't mind a long film like you said right. either. I don't. But, I like um, long films, but I, I but being objective, there was um, a particular storyline I felt that either they could have shortened or just cut out entirely, which I don't think would have mattered. I don't think anybody I don't think anybody cared. And, and go watch the film; you come to your own conclusion. Mm -hmm. But. Um, mm -hmm. There was a particular storyline within the film I felt like could have either been shortened or just removed. You know what I mean? But, again, I, I liked all the actors. I thought it was a great job of casting. I mean, I can't believe uh, Colin Farrell. Like, I mean, man, he does not look... Man, I that is insane. didn't even know that was him. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know it was him until after I watched the movie and I was watching some videos about it. I was like, wait a minute. That's Colin Farrell? Yeah. I didn't even know that was makeup. Now, can you so imagine you're an ugly actor and you're just like, wait a minute. You know what I mean? Like, do you do I what? I had no idea. Here's this good looking dude taking the ugly guy's role. Like, is there I nothing know. And safe? And I went back and watched that and I watched some of the clips. I was like, oh my gosh, that is some of the best makeup. I didn't even know it was makeup. It was so yeah. well done. And he did such a good job. So and they're I making a really spinoff series that. of it for HBO Max. That's what I heard. Yeah. yeah and I'm looking forward to it. So I agree. All the acting was was really really solid. The guy that played um, um, Commissioner Gordon. Yeah. I just saw him recently in something, but I cannot remember what it was. Well, um, I first I really knew him, him in... from uh, uh, Westworld. Or, I mean, yeah, was it Westworld? That's what it was. Yeah, that's what it was. Okay. He was the android. I just watched Westworld. Westworld. Yeah. Okay. That's but he's what, been that's in a couple of things from. since then. But that's the first. My first. Um, at least the thing that I think of him the most is from Westworld. And I, I really like that actor. I thought that was a great choice for for Gordon. Really good. I mean, technically, um, he's not Commissioner Gordon yet. So he's... That's true. That's he true. is a Detective Gordon. So this is very early Batman. This is like year two, year three Batman. Which I like. That's another cool right. aspect of it is... You get the, it seems like every Batman, you get that origin story, and then you're fast one. forward to, like, year mm -hmm. 10 or something, you know what I mean? And uh, Affleck is more the older Batman. This is the grizzled, this is the guy who doesn't care anymore, Batman, but most of the Batman are in the middle. You know, that middle thing. Mm -hmm. This is, like, very early Batman, which is cool. And another thing I'm glad... That's another they, thing. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was no, just saying, another thing say. I'm glad they did was... Uh, and I really did like that Joker movie, that standalone Joker movie, but I'm glad they didn't I have did to too. try to force that in. Like, that's going to be its own thing. That's going to be its own franchise. You're going to have multiple storylines, timelines, alternate, whatever you want to call it. It doesn't really matter. Everything doesn't have to connect. 
You can have your own right. thing over here. And, you know, it looks like there's going to be a Joker in this universe, too, that ain't going to be the same Joaquin Phoenix Joker. And I'm totally mm-hmm. fine with that. I don't care. Like, right. essentially, there's going to be <clears throat> four different Batmans at one time, I think, because you're going to have this dude right. and you're going to have uh, you're going to have Affleck, um, Keaton and uh, and uh, Bale all going to be in that Flashpoint movie. So you're going to have four different they Batmans are? going. Yes, they're going to kind of do like that. the same thing they did with the Spider-Verse deal. Um, oh, you're going to have all these different Batmans that. in it. Um, I think uh, I think they're going to primarily focus on Keaton's Batman. But from what I understand, the the other two Batman, Batman, whatever, they're going to pop up in it as well. So I, I think it's cool. I'm glad that they got these different things on. They can bring back the Snyderverse as far as I'm concerned. Keep that going. I like them all. You know what I mean? Like they, I think they all have a little something for me. And, uh, but I really like the direction of this one, and I hope this one has at least two sequels so they can kind of flesh that out a little more. Yeah, I, I like mm-hmm. the trilogy format. You know, you get a trilogy out of them, then, uh, you know, maybe you, you turn it over and start a new deal down the line with a new direction or whatever. But um, yep. I like it. It's very gritty, and I, I like it, man. I, 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 everything about it I enjoyed. I, I mean, I, I just think they did a really good job. I wish I knew the yep. director's name, but I can't remember it. But. Whoever that dude is, good job. Yeah, um, it's Matt Reeves, I think. Is that his name? Sounds good to me. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I'll, I'll look it up real quick while I'm sa- I'm, I'm talking about other things. But um, I really liked, you mentioned the acting again. And, yeah, even the, the girl that played uh, Catwoman, yep. uh, Kravitz. Zoe yeah, that's Kravitz, uh, yeah Zoe Kravitz. I, I knew her from another series uh, that was on HBO. Um, is it Big Little Lies, I think it was? Uh, so I, I had a little bit of familiarity uh, with her, but, um, you know, like, uh, I, I thought she was good. I mean, I think she played the role yeah. well, and I, I like the guy who played the, the mafia dude, uh, John Totoro. He did really good. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Of course, he always yeah. does good, but, you know, that yeah. was a good choice. You know, very believable. All the it characters seem to... Is it? Okay, that sounds right, because yeah. I remember thinking of Christopher yeah. Reeves when I heard the guy's name, so that sounds right. Yeah. Good. But the Catwoman, just like Batman's uh, outfit, I liked the direction they went with hers. It was very subtle. It wasn't like some like shiny body armor type thing. It was right. like something she kind of just threw together. And I, I think it really worked for the tone of the film. And speaking of which, I thought Gotham looked amazing. Yeah. Like I think it was a step above like the Nolan series, with, where it was filmed in Chicago, and it just like the it just looked like a big wide street kind of sprawling modern city. And this this looked more like a Gotham you would see in the comics, very gothic and very gritty and shadowy and dark, and they really did a good job with that as a character, I think, as well. It was one of the most kind of gritty Gotham's that we've seen yet, and I think they did a really good job with that too. Well, and the um, other thing I'm glad they did is uh, they started with you know they didn't start with Joker, you know what I mean? Because everybody loves that, but you know I like the fact that they kind of re- you know it's like the rebirth of the Riddler. They're mm-hmm. giving him this, you know, Zodiac killer vibe. You know, mm-hmm. he's, yep. you know, he, uh, it's, I don't know, man. I, I totally dug that, that the guy who played him. Yep. I liked yep. every scene Good that job. he was in. It felt important. If he owned the scene, um, I, I, I you oh, know, I'm way, really happy. The to opened the opening scene with the, the, the monologue, um, and, and showing the, the um the Riddler in that first opening scene, I thought that was 
really creepy. And really well, that, cool. that kind of reminded me of um, The Dark Knight, how they started with the big long Joker mm-hmm. scene, the mm-hmm. bank robbery. And I think yep. that's always an yep. excellent way to start because then you bring Batman in. You already know you're there to see Batman. Let's get his nemesis set up and then you can put him in the back for a minute and then you work on the Batman stuff. Good good choice. I, I like the way they started them. I thought it was great. I mean, here's another thing, Duke. This movie's coming to HBO Max in like six days. So if you got HBO I, Max, you can watch it again soon. I do. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I cannot wait to watch it again. I can't yeah. wait to see it again. And also to note, the cinematography was beautiful. It had this like, um, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it because I'm not good at describing things in an artistic way. But um, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Well, shot. it's the it's the film noir um, kind of vibe, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. You know, because yep. he's the, he's the detective, and it that was another interesting thing that I I liked is um, at this point because again it's early. He's not really an enemy of the cops. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's a, a particular scene. He's he's like in the crime scene, you know, which was mm-hmm. like like he's there, like looking over evidence, you know, with the police there, with the, with the other detectives. And I, I yep. just thought that was really cool take because we never really seen that before. Uh, maybe in the animated series or something, but not in a live action that I remember that they were like he just walks in you know just like a detective uh-huh. would he just walks right in. oh here's batman there's a guy in a costume and there's all that tension there because you know they don't want him there but, right um uh what's his name gordon does and there's that conflict there and it's always great to see that and this is the this is the most detective batman yet and i love that because that's how it was in the comics he was always solving crimes and he was a detective that's what he was one of the line one of the um the series that i love the most was called detective comics and it wasn't it wasn't even called Batman. Yeah. And he was the detective, and that's I like that they focused on that as well, uh, in this particular movie, in this take on Batman. So I loved it. I know um, I'm being very glowing about it, and uh, I do want to see it again and, and maybe see if there's more to pick apart. Sure. There'll always some be something maybe... to go through the second time. Um... Yeah, I'm not going to say it's a perfect movie and it's the greatest thing in the world, but I really really liked it. And um, I cannot wait to see it again. I highly recommend it. Um, and I'm, I'm even kind of burnt out of the superhero stuff. And I went into it with a little bit of, um, you know, trepidation. But um, I was really blown away by it. Well, I see, went to see it with both my boys, and it was really fun. And that's actually what I like about Batman. I mean, it's not really a superhero movie. You know, like, yeah, there's yeah. no magic powers. There's no Thanos. There's no connecting mm-hmm. this and all that. It doesn't matter. This is just... A normal dude who has a lot of money and some resources and even like the villains they're very grounded you know like they're mm-hmm. you know they're not it's not mr freeze with some big gun or poison ivy and all these fancy plants and everything this is you know this is these are guys like the riddler is he's just a, he's like the unabomber you know what i mean like this is just mm-hmm. a guy you know he's just a genius who has a different way of looking at society and even the joker like he could be grounded in reality. Heath Ledger showed that. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be over the top. And you know what I mean? You could be very subtle and still come off as a scary maniac. You know what I mean? So I really like what they're doing. Um, hopefully, you know, they keep the band together and they're able to, you know, have at least one or two sequels that um, that live up to this one. Because I, I really enjoyed it. I know. It'll be hard to live up to it, but I hope they at least come close. 
And the last thing I'll mention is the score. I thought was fantastic. I love that just noir piano kind of dark, gloomy kind of thing they went with. Yeah. Um, really, really um, added to the film quite a bit. So I'm sure uh, really, really enjoyed Kurt it. Cobain's estate was loving it as well. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yep, that was, that was for good. sure. But it that worked. was a good choice, man. It was, it was a, a great, great choice. choice. Yeah. yeah. Really worked. So I thought it'd be fun springboarding off this discussion to just briefly talk about comparing this a movie and actor and some of the, the stuff in the movie to the other films. So after seeing this, who would you say is your favorite Batman? Well, it's, who's your, what's your favorite Batman movie out of all of them? Um, I don't want to just pick this one because I feel like I have to see it more than once. But right now, my favorite, if it would be The Dark Knight. I, I've watched that a few times. I really like Heath Ledger. I'm a fan of Christian Bale as an actor. I, I felt like it's it's a good standalone movie. You don't need to see really anything before it or after it. You could just watch that movie as it is. And um, you don't really need a lot of other things. So that would probably be my first one if I was choosing one. Like if I'm sitting down, all the movies are in front of me. Which one do I want to mm-hmm. watch? Now, right now, I would probably would rather watch The Batman first because, you know... <laughs> I've only seen it once, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Given time, right. I don't know. I could change to that one, but um, that, you know, going into this movie, definitely The Dark Knight was my favorite out of all the Batman movies, like the, the actual movies. I'm not talking about animated series or, you know, mm-hmm. cartoon right, DVD right. releases, anything like that. We're just talking about just the actual live action movies. For sure, I'd probably. Okay. So, what about you? What's your. I, I hesitate. But I, I do right now. I'm going to say the Batman, the one yeah. we just saw. I, I, I can't argue here, with you, man. Here's why. I, I do like. First of all, the 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 Dark Knight is a fantastic movie, but it has glaring flaws to me. And I did not like Batman Begins, and I did not did not like the Dark Knight Returns. Is that what it's called? No, yeah. what was the third one called? I think that's uh, Dark Knight okay. Returns. Okay, yeah. I didn't like either one of those movies at all. So the only one I liked out of that trilogy was was the the dark or Dark Knight um, Rises dark Knight. is the third one, but either okay, way, it doesn't okay. matter, right? And what stood out, what why that film was the best was I thought it was the best story, and obviously Heath Ledger blew just that movie out of the water. That that he was so good in that every every scene he was in was like you were gripped to your seat. It was so interesting and so entertaining, and so you didn't know where it was going to go. So he made that movie, I think. But for me, I did not like Christian Bale as Bruce Wayne or Batman at all. I couldn't stand him as Batman. So that makes it you know, a, a big problem. Now, with this movie, The Batman, again, just like you said, I want to see it again. I want to let it settle in a little bit more. But I did not have like a major issue with anything. Um, it's not, again, not some blow, best movie in the world type thing. But, there's but that nothing doesn't that have to be the that... standard. <laughs> you know, it doesn't have to be right. the standard. Doesn't have to be the best movie ever created. We're just talking Batman here, right? But I, there's nothing that I said. Oh, I did, it was great, but I didn't like this. It was great, but I didn't like that. N- that n- nothing like that has hit me yet. But right away, when I saw the, even the Dark Knight, I was like, I just can't stand Christian Bale. I just don't like his Bruce Wayne. I didn't like his Batman. Um, and that's a big problem when you're watching a Batman movie. So. The Joker carried that film, and Heath Ledger carried that film, but 
it wasn't enough to make it my favorite. And, of course, there's a special place in my heart and always will be with the 89 Batman. I love that movie. And it's hard to say that um, I think I like the Batman better because I love that movie and always have. I've seen it, I've seen it like countless times. I was obsessed with that movie when I was a teenager. Um, but even back when I saw that originally in the theater, there were some things about it that bugged me. Um, and in this film, I, I'm not getting that same thing. So I got to say that for me right now, this one is my favorite one. So that's, good. that's where I stand as my favorite film overall. Now, who who do you think does the best Batman Bruce Wayne? Like well, right now, I, 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 I tell you, my favorite take on it right now is the current one. I really like mm, okay. how he hasn't got that cheesy Bruce Wayne. You know, he's he's kind of this young. Like, it's going to be hard for me to say which one's the best. I can tell you easily which one's my least favorite is um, uh, Clooney. I hated that one. I can't stand <laughs> yeah. that movie. The yeah. only reason I would watch that movie is to laugh and mock it. That was the worst movie. Yeah, it's And awful. he was the worst Batman. He's the worst Bruce Wayne. He's... By far, that one just garbage. Um, it is. But my second, I guess you know, if you were going in order, probably my second favorite would be. Um, I guess it would be Keaton, just because I like the movies mm-hmm. the best. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I'm gonna say, and I could, I know I'm in the minority here, but I liked, uh, I liked uh, Affleck. I thought it was good. I like his look. I think you know. Um. Yeah, honestly, it's okay if you not, don't agree I, with it. It's fine. I'm just saying. No, no, no. I like it. Here's what I'm gonna say. I, I don't. I didn't really see. I never saw Batman versus Superman, and I only saw like half of the Justice League. So that's all I've ever. And I, well, I now there's really get a there, lot there's, of him. There's two Justice Leagues now, so you kind of you're gonna kind of see two different performances. As crazy as that sounds, um, so you got two different things to look at as far as the Justice League two goes. Two Justice Leagues. Uh, right, because there's the Snyder's cut. Oh, 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 the Snyder cut. Right. It's well, the same that's, movie. Just... It's, well, it's not the same movie. It's been recut. That, that... Okay. That, uh... That, that Justice League that... I forget that guy's name, but... The guy who took over for Snyder whenever he had to leave Joss the, Whedon. Joss Whedon. Okay. That guy, mm-hmm. I hate what he, because you can, when you see both of those movies side by side, you know, like if you watch them both, you could see what Snyder recorded and what Wheaton recorded. And I don't understand any of what his decisions were. I think it's horrible. I'm just not a fan. Oh, I, so- I, I like the Snyder cut. And, you know, again, I, you know, I it's, see, the thing is, is it's really popular just to shit on all of DC stuff. You know what I mean? To be like, mm-hmm. you know, oh, no, they suck. Marvel's better. And, they, you know, they, they find all these flaws. But, man, so many of those Marvel movies aren't that good. You know, there's obviously mm-hmm. the upper echelon that are great, no doubt. But um, there's some of them that are completely unrewatchable. You watch them the first time, they're okay. And there's some that aren't even good the first time. Like, uh, I agree. Thor 2 is horrible. That was a terrible movie. Very forgettable. Yeah, but Rag- Ragnar- Thor Ragnarok was fantastic. <laughs> that's but see, I that's think. that's when they got a different direction and someone else uh-huh. took it over and it was really good. That's that's easily my favorite of the Thor movies. But even rewatching oh, yeah. the first Thor movie, I remember the first time really liking it, and I rewatched it not too long ago, and I didn't care for it as much. I didn't yeah, like the character, and they have all these uh, Dutch Dutch angles and all this weird stuff. Like, I'm not a big fan of it. But um, right. 
you know, was even like the Iron Man. Like, uh, uh, some people don't like two, and I wasn't a big fan of three. So, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, uh, not I all. I didn't like two or three, but I love the first one. I didn't really hate part two, but frankly, I've only seen that once solidly, and I think I rewatched it, not really paying attention the second time through. But I remember not mm-hmm. really disliking it. I just remember not really liking the third one. I think the first one's great. I really enjoyed it, and I like, oh, yeah. you know, I like awesome. uh, yeah. Downey Jr. as uh, Tony Stark. I think it's a perfect character for oh, it. Yeah. And I think he was oh, great yeah. in all the Avengers and everything else. So uh-huh. It wasn't really the acting. Uh, I just didn't, you know, some of those just aren't that good. Yeah. Frankly, yeah. my favorite ones are the Guardian of the Galaxy. Like <laughs> the, the Guardians are my favorite out of those Marvel movies. I think those are fun. See, that's so funny because I've never seen them. <laughs> I'll tell you, I, you don't have to see anything else. Just watch one and two. That's what everybody says. And you'll be, you'll love says. it. And yeah. and the chemistry they connected with um, Chris Pratt's character and and Thor is so good in the Avengers. Yeah. So That's I can't wait here, to see but... more of that together. You know what I mean? So you like the Snyder cut. You thought that was better than the I do movie. like the Snyder Cut. I enjoyed it. Okay. I, I, I really, I, you know, I know some people don't really care. They don't like the full frame and all that, or the, not the, but the ratio and all. I the don't ratio, care. Yeah. But it's so what? It's just something different. You know what I mean? Like, everything mm-hmm. doesn't have to be whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like, whatever the standard mm-hmm. is. Like, you know, I don't mind watching something like that if it was cool to watch. And um, I enjoyed the story, and I enjoyed the acting. And I know they kind of, uh, you know, like there was a couple scenes that were kind of lame, but, you know, so what? I I liked the ending. I liked how they redone the the main villain. And, you know, I I don't know. I enjoyed it. I would say if you're going to watch either one of the Justice Leagues, I'd watch that one for sure. Gotcha. It's long, though, so you might have to two-part it. You know what I mean? That, yeah. Isn't it in two parts? It's in multiple parts because it was oh, okay. uh, it was okay. it was supposed to be a really long movie, but the way they released it, uh, but you can watch it all in one thing because it's been condensed to a, a Blu-ray now, but or even on HBO Max, mm-hmm. I think it's just all one movie. But I think when it first came gotcha. out, it was sectioned out into episodes. I I see. So my favorite Batman actor, hmm, it's it's a toss-up between Robert Pattinson and, and um, uh, Michael Keaton. I, I didn't care for really, uh, like I said, Christian Bale at all. Um, George Clooney and uh, the guy, what's the other guy that did the other Schumacher one? Um, from Heat. Right. And Top Gun, you know, what's his name? Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer, yeah. Um, yeah, did, didn't nah. really care for him too much as Batman. Yeah, I, um, I didn't really care I for said, him as either one. <laughs> I thought he wasn't a good Bruce Wayne and... It, Okay, mm-hmm. if you want to rank Batman or Bruce Wayne, I preferred him as Batman over Bruce Wayne. He did a terrible Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, as I said before, I didn't really see too much of Ben Affleck um, as, as you know, in his movies. So I really can't really talk about him too much. So, again, I have a hard time. I love Michael Keaton's Bruce Wayne and Batman. So, I don't know. I, I'm going to say that's a tie. I'll say that's tie. <laughs> that's fine. I'm not you comfortable can, you saying. Can, you can. Yeah. Who cares, man? This is just a silly podcast. Yeah. We're just uh, ranking here. So, what about your favorite? I think we're both going to agree with this. It's obvious. The favorite villain is going to be. Well, it'll be uh, Heath Ledger's Heath Joker. Heath Ledger's Joker for sure. So, me watching, he takes the knife to her, laughing while he does it. He turns to me, and he says, 
Why so serious? He comes at me with the knife. Why so serious? He sticks the blade in my mouth. Let's put a smile on that face. But I'm gonna tell you right now, this this has moved up to my second favorite villain, the uh, Riddler. And I know, I know, yeah. I mean, I, I it probably yeah. should be Jack Nicholson's Joker, but that one's a little campy, and I do really like mm -hmm. it. Don't get me wrong; I think it's amazing. But um, yeah. I, I, I lean more towards the realism, and that's kind of why I did like the Nolan trilogy because they got away from the camp and they went more towards if there was a real guy who was dressing up as a bat and had a lot of money and was able to buy things and he owned a military company he was able to do all these things how would it look and it would be like this and if joker was a real guy a real villain i mean i know with the rajah ghoul that was a little see that's why i hated that as a i hated him as the first villain because he's know, supposed to be too. like undying, like he has the fountain of youth or whatever. Like they didn't really explore it that much in the movie, but mm, you yeah. know he's like I, I hated him as I like the actor. I just couldn't stand the character. I wish they wouldn't have. And then the fact that it kind of became, you know, because then he was kind of the villain in part three. I mean, it was his daughter, but you know what I mean. It was like yeah, what? That, like they uh, really Bane cheapened it. Yeah, and Bane I. With that, that didn't care for that too much. well i i didn't even mind bane i actually liked bane but and i know he's not usually the focal point as being a main villain he's usually kind of like a secondary villain which is fine right. um i just didn't really care for her and i didn't yeah you know i don't think that series is aging yeah. well when i go back and watch it i, I enjoy not. scenes see like in the first one i really wish they would have just the scarecrow would have been the main villain all the way through i would have been happy with that yeah and I really mm -hmm. like the guy who played the Scarecrow, and that would be yeah. another villain that, um, if I was ranking, he'd be in there somewhere, probably fifth or sixth or something, but definitely he's in a memorable villain, and I, I like the way he portrayed it. I like how the Scarecrow had, it was based in realism. He had a gas that made you hallucinate, and he would spray it out of his yeah. mask, and it would give you like these very intense hallucinations, and I think that's awesome. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And like the Farconi well, character, you know, like the, you know, any mob guy is going to play that well. It doesn't feel very unique to me. It's always kind of, you know, similar guy with an yeah. Italian accent, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, I, I my, my favorite villain is Heath Ledger's Joker. And I, if I had to pick a second one, I, I guess I'd say, yeah, I, I'm going I'm to say Jack Nicholson's Joker. Wing freak. Rises. Wait till they get a load of me. Yeah, and that's and that's a really good yeah. choice because he's great. I mean, he's it's such a great performance. It's just yeah. campy and. That's the only thing I knock it down for, even though I really shouldn't. But, you know, I am the prisoner of the moment right now. I really did enjoy that uh, that Riddler. You know, and, and, you know, frankly, I actually like Jim Carrey's Riddler. It's just over the top. You know what I mean? 
<laughs> I love Jim Carrey for sure. But yeah. yeah, I mean, it's hard to kind of throw that in the mix. Honestly. And I'll tell you it's another one that I hate. I hate uh, Tommy Jones' Two-Face. That was stupid. I do too. He was a terrible yeah, choice for Two-Face. Luck, blind, stupid, simple, doodah, clueless luck. <laughs> <laughs> the wrath of Toss. The only true justice. Let's see what justice has in store for you. <laughs> oh, oh, it's like the touch card. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Fortune smiles. Another day of wine and roses. Or in your case, beer and pizza. Ha! See, that's back yeah, when they were going weird. after names over the over actors. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's he's yep. a good actor. Yep. He's very recognizable. He has a presence about him. That was stupid. You're gonna take the guy from yep. The Fugitive, this serious cop, and you're and every I movie. I only know him for like more of a serious role, and you're gonna throw him as the Two Face. That was stupid. You know, like sometimes Carrey, it worked. It did not work. Right with Jim Carrey, like that made sense because that was the ang they were going more for the cartoonish Riddler, so that was a perfect fit. That made sense to yeah. me. Um, yeah, and and like uh, DeVito as the Penguin, that's the more cartoonish. That's one that's mostly based off of the old look for the Riddler. I mean, for the the Penguin, and I really liked it. I thought he was really good in that movie. Yeah, I, I didn't care for Danny DeVito as the Penguin too much because he was like gross and like slimy. I don't know. I just I didn't care for that portrayal too much. So, Danny, what did you think of the movie? It was very violent. It was a total attack against kids, the whole movie. Everything that kids love was being used against them. Like what? Clowns. Even the penguin had a ducky boat. So and things that kids could identify presents with. Presents and mobiles. All that type of stuff were using to hurt kids and capture kids. Penguin's total goal was to hurt kids. You think it was scary then? Definitely for kids. Yeah, for you? Um, I was I was actually a little bit scared, and I have never been scared of a movie like this before. Yeah. I came out of Terminator 2. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you think about the possibility of younger kids seeing this movie? You're 10, and it frightened you. It's just not for younger kids. Um, Penguin always had goop coming out of his mouth. How many times have you seen it? I saw it twice to get a real good view of it. But, um... Because I'm not a big fan of that movie, honestly, Batman Returns. <laughs> I, I know that... Uh, it actually grows on me. It it might be my third or fourth favorite Christmas um, movie. Ramvox says that all the time. Richard from uh, um, Retro Fandango. Um, he says he loves that movie. Or I don't know if he loves it, but he likes it. And he talks about how... I think he's talked about recently how it's kind of like... It, it's a fun movie to watch. And I haven't seen it in a long time. I just remember in the theater being so excited because I loved the first one so much and I was so disappointed. I was like, what is going on? It was just so weird and so just off kilter to me that I just, I almost walked out. I was so disappointed in that movie and I don't think I've seen it since. Well, you so should watch it again, man, because you might it. see it through adult eyes and enjoy it more. I, I probably would. And Michelle Pfeiffer was so, awesome in that movie. And even the, I forget yeah, the actor's yeah. name who played kind of like the, the evil bad guy i forget his name but um oh that uh yeah, christopher walken right 
was it Christopher, Christopher Walken? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, yep. He was great as that. So uh, you know, and hey, hey, it even has Lando in it. How many movies is uh, Billy D in? That's true. That's true. Come on, man, you got to give it another <laughs> chance. That might move up on your I ranking do. a little I bit. Uh, yeah, I'll need to check that out again. Um, one last thing: What's your favorite Batmobile? Oh man, I'm gonna have to go with this one, dude. And I know the 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 correct choice would be the Burton Batmobile, right? Um, I love this Batmobile, man. I did too. I, I did love too. this Batmobile, one, dude. I think it is awesome. One of the things I liked about it is just like everything else in this film, it was subtle. Yep. They didn't show like bat symbols all over it. They barely even showed like the interior. He just burst into the scene. It's just and a car, you know, man. It didn't have like secret yeah, things that like this motorcycles car. that shoot out the middle of it or turn into boats <laughs> or whatever. Like it's a car, man. I hated the stupid Nolan bat bat tank thing. I hated that thing. <laughs> See, I like that tank it was thing. So I, dumb. I like the fact that it felt like a military vehicle. To me, it made sense. If uh, there was a real Batman right now, what kind of car would he have? He would. He'd want to have something that was durable that could wreck into things and not just be knocked off the road. I think the most impractical one was the the um, Burton one with the big fin on it and all this. Stuff. I don't know. It looks silly, man. <laughs> but it looked cool. Like it made a cool toy for sure. The look of it was cool. Like if you go to a car I... show and the Burton Batmobile's there, you're gonna want to take a picture <laughs> in that thing. That thing looks cool. You know what I mean? But realistic. Cool, but I, I really like this new one. I do too. I love it, and I I, I do have a, a soft spot in my heart, like I said, for the Tim Burton one. But even as a kid, I thought there were some dumb things about it, like the shields. Like, where did all that stuff come from? Right, it must have weighed ten ten thousand or twenty thousand pounds. All the steel comes out of nowhere. And, I just and made that no car sense. looked as that stiff. Was typical Burton. That car was as stiff as Bruce Wayne or uh, Batman's neck. You know what I mean? Because if you go back and watch it, he had to turn his whole body. Anytime Keaton turned, uh -huh, yeah. the whole body had to turn. That car is stiff. Uh -huh. That is actually why I like the Nolan car, because it had durability, and it was built like a Humvee or something. Like, it can go over different terrain, and it's able to... Like, that car chase in that movie made a lot of sense. He's busting through bricks and everything. Like, that would have made no sense in the Burton Batmobile. That thing would have fell apart. You know what I mean? I know. I just remember watching, and I'm thinking, this thing is like a tank, and it's shooting missiles in the city. Who's being reckless? I don't know. I just thought it was so dumb. Well, hey, I hated that. To each thing. their own. So then, what would be your second favorite? Of then course. would it be the Burton. The Burton. Yeah. See that that yeah. I, I, if I'm going for like a practicality thing, that's my third. Um, and I'm assuming all the other yeah. Batmans in that whole thing are probably just derivative of each other. Like I didn't, I don't like the ones for Val Kilmer and and. Uh, for oh, Clooney, I really man. don't. I can't. I don't even remember them. They they're that meaningless to me. Um, I don't even. They look ridiculous. It looks like a child's toy. It's all glowing and stuff, and it just it's absurd. Yeah, they they don't even. Yeah, they, they're not even in the conversation. Now, did the Affleck Batman have a Batmobile? Ah, uh, yes, he did, and his probably looked similar. If I remember it correctly, I really like that one too. Actually, I I forgot about that one. That one probably, you would probably like that one better than the Nolan one, but it was similar. You know, it kind of had that more modern military vibe to it, if I remember it right. But um, I like the, the top, like when it opens up and he gets out of the top and then he goes mm, over okay. to Superman and he asks him if he bleeds. <laughs> 
you know, when they're having their, their maybe I'll check battle. out the Snyder cut just for the fun. Well, if you're but gonna I, do it, I, watch I, I... Batman v- versus Superman first, and then go to the Snyder okay. cut because uh, you, you have to kind of watch Batman versus Superman. And I'm not saying that's a great movie, but I actually enjoy it. Uh, you know, whatever. If I'm in the minority, so what? I watch it. I like it. That's right. And I like uh, I like that's the Snyder right. cut a lot. And the frankly, the original Justice League wasn't the worst movie I've ever seen. I just remembered being like, mm. Mm, it's all right. And then when I heard about the Snyder cut, you know, I kind of thought, well, let's, you know, let's see. And, you know, and I like the Leto Joker. And I know some people, you know, if I'm, if I'm ranking joke, you want to rank Jokers real quick, right? Go on Ledger first, but then I'm going Leto. So what do you think of that? I, I never saw his joke. Well, so I'm not know. talking about the hot topic little Joker, the one from Suicide Squad. I'm talking about the one from the Snyder Cut. I like that dude. He looks like something from a horror movie. I thought with the okay. longer hair and he's wearing like a butcher's smock and all this stuff. I don't know, man. I would like to see a standalone Leto movie, man. Give me that movie. I totally dig it. But you know, obviously Jack Nicholson is probably the better choice, and I acknowledge that. But mm. um, yeah. Anyway, there you go. All right, well, I guess we've exhausted the Batman talk for now. So the only other thing that we were going to talk about is some, like, recent pickups and stuff like that. So um, you want me to go first or do you want to go Go ahead. I, I, you know, I got a pile here, so. I don't have a ton. I, it, I've been having a lot of fun um, going to vinyl shops with my wife and uh, digging through old record stores and finding some tapes and some CDs. So I've got, you know, I'm building my collection in that way. Um I did, however, pick up this past weekend this really cool... I showed you a picture of it. Um, Famous Monsters magazine from 1983. And it's in, like, mint condition. And on the cover is um, Empire Strikes Back. So that's what caught my attention. And I never was really a big fan of these as a kid. I never really looked at them. But, man, this thing's really cool. It's a black and white, like, paper magazine. But it's got all kind of cool articles um, about... Obviously, the cover story is uh, Empire Strikes Back, so it's got some really cool descriptions and photos and some behind-the-scenes stuff in there about that movie. And then, of course, peppered throughout this entire magazine are like ads for like Kenner Star Wars toys and stuff. So it's so cool to flip through this thing and just kind of go back in time. But there's like pictures of of like Raiders of the Lost Ark in here and all kind of monsters and how they did the makeup for all these movies. Are you familiar with any of these magazines, Chris? Oh yeah. I never bought them or collected them as a kid, but um, I would see them and um, and you know and then I, when I got you know started hunting more in the mid to late nineties, I would come across them in uh, comic shops and stuff like that. So every now and then I'd grab a few. Um, I tend to lean more towards the ones that had a poster in the side and that were color, but uh, I like that that famous monster one though because. Um, some of the like, there's cool, one man. that uh, has like a, this breakdown of the thing in it that I think I actually have, oh. but uh, it's really kind of cool. Oh, I'd love to get my hands on that. Yeah, I'm pretty but sure it's in the famous it's monster just, one, but yeah, that's really cool. There's a, I'm looking at it. I'm li- I'm flipping through it right now. There's a, a little story on the dark crystal and the puppetry and that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just got all kind of great early '80s like little things in here. Well, and that was the time of, of magazines, man. So like if you were yeah. a kid or even a young adult or whatever and you were into cinema and and, you know that kind of stuff like these were like a little you you didn't get stuff like now like there's no making of featurettes on something to watch back then you saw the movie and that was it the movie trailer and the movie 
You know what I mean? Like, this was your only glimpse yeah. in the behind-the-scenes or coming-soon kind of thing. Like, hey, they're working on this movie. You would see it in magazines like this. Yeah, and there's an exclusive preview for Superman 3, and there's, like, an interview with... um. Uh, the actor that played Jimmy Olsen, I think, and they're asking. So all these, and there's some probably some hidden gems to use a term. Sure. And watch out, Metal Jesus will get you. <laughs> and these are off the radar, so there might be some cool little snippets in here, even about a movie as popular as Empire Strikes Back that maybe people forgot about or don't know about. So it's fun to find. This was like ten bucks in mint condition. I was like, yeah, I'll take that. So I might start kind of keep my eye out for stuff like this. It's it's really it was really fun flipping through this and looking at the ads and reading some of the articles and I'm only like a quarter of the way through it. So I'm looking forward to looking at more of it, but I'll, I'll put some pictures of it on, on the discord. That's why I mentioned it. I thought it'd be fun to put it on there. Heck yeah. But that was a kind of a fun find. And um, again, other than, other than just picking up some eighties rock CDs, you know, like uh skid row. I, I just recently picked up slave to the grind, which I was looking for for a while on cassette, actually not CD. Um, Found some Guns N' Roses CDs and some stuff like that, Radiohead. Just some stuff from the 80s and 90s. I don't want to bore anybody with the exact boring. ones that that's I got. That's good stuff, man. That's what I've been kind of uh, having fun with just because I can go into these shops with Tara. And uh, she's she's been buying Beatles albums and she's just having a blast picking up vinyl and stuff. So it's been really fun. So that's primarily what I've been focused on. I'm looking around my room seeing if there's anything else I could mention. But I guess that'll be it for me. What about you? Well, I've been kind of on a a game kick again lately because i keep getting yeah, these deals I've coming noticed. my way i mean i'm still you know going for my vhs every weekend you know when we go out hunting um you know to me like vhs is like shooting fish in a barrel kind of thing like nobody's really there are i start to see a few more people grabbing things here and there but even when i bump into a competitor um, they're typically going for things that I don't really care about, like the commer- like the main, the mainstream stuff. You know, that's the stuff that you know, you know, like your Batman's and things like that. You know, turtles and stuff like that. Like, yeah, those are cool, mm-hmm. but I already have them. You know what I mean? So I'm kind of looking more right. for the obscure. Um, so I did get three tapes uh, recently. Uh, so you know, I'm a big Nightmare on Elm Street fan. Um, they had, um, of they created a TV series for a while that was kind of like. You know, like the anthology style, kind of like uh, Twilight Zone, that kind of thing, where um, each episode uh, would have a story, and, um, you know, Robert England hosted a full Freddy costume and everything. You know, like, it was it was really cool, and I remember watching this a lot as a teenager. Um, and, you know, it would come on on Saturday nights, if I'm remembering correctly, maybe Friday nights, but it was something like Friday or Saturday nights on uh, one of our local syndicated channels. Um, channel 53, I think, or 26. It doesn't really matter to you. But um, but anyways, so they released them on VHS, but they only released five tapes. So you don't get the whole, and there's no, you can't even get the whole series. And it's not streaming anywhere either, which is kind of a drag because I'm hoping Screen Factory is listening to our podcast. Um, and if you are a Screen Factory, <laughs> we need the complete series on Blu-ray. Could you please? I mean, I'd even buy DVD, you know, or hey, if you want to put it out all on VHS, I'll buy them all. So, you know, if you're listening, Screen Factory. Um, anyway, so I was down to the last one I needed was Dreams. And, you know, each of them have their own title. So uh, there's No More Mr. Nice Guy. There's Freddy's Tricks and Treats. And there's Lucky Stiff. And then there's It's My Party and You'll Die If I Want You To. And then this one is Dreams That Kill. Now, what's really cool 
is uh, one of the episodes, uh, the No More Mr. Nice Guy, is shows the backstory for Freddy when he went on trial and everything. Like they, it's kind of a different backstory oh. than the movie. Um, um, I, I don't. I've I've seen the episode then, so I don't really remember it. But it was basically like he went on trial, he got out, uh, and I'm pretty sure that's still considered canon. And then the parents were, yeah, cause that's right, because he got out on a technicality. They didn't have like a warrant or something wasn't right, so they released them. And then all the parents said, "Nah, we're not going to let that ride," and they went and, and they they burned him up in his home. But, um, so this is like his origin episode, which is really cool. But the one I got is Dreams I Kill. That's the last one that I needed. Um, the only tape that I could, there was one on eBay for 20 bucks and there was one on the eBay for 30 and the, the one that was for 30 was sealed. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to buy the other one looked completely thrashed too. So this is definitely the hardest out of the five to track down. Um, they're not, any of them aren't easy. There's only usually one or two per episode or per tape listed at any particular time so that was cool to get that off my back um another one that i got lucky and found cheap um i, I might have talked about it before i've definitely talked about it on the vhs show that there's a there's these late releases for vhs that become very collectible and and, and hard to find they're you know for lack of a better term they're they're rare and um one of them is the Paris Hilton horror movie. I mean, she's just one of the characters, but she'd be the name that would pop out to you. And it's House of Wax. It's a remake of, um, I believe it was... Uh, I remember that, I think. Yeah, uh, the House of Wax. Um, I think it was, uh, what's his face? Um, Wasn't it Vincent Price Vin- in Thank the you, thank you. Yeah, Vincent Price movie. So it was remade, and um, mm-hmm. it's very hard tape to find. It's usually about a 50 or $60 tape. I was able to snag it for 20 which isn't cheap for our VHS standards, but considering its rarity, uh, very happy to add that to the collection. And, um, Very cool. and and then the last VHS that I'll talk about getting, and I actually got this a few months back, but um, you know I figured you know I'll talk about it for because it's a good story. So when I was a kid, there was this you know my my when I'd be at my grandparents' house, um, typically like on a Saturday afternoon or a Sunday afternoon, it was kind of like my grandfather's time to you know it was his time to watch TV unless you know, there was something on and I asked him, then, you know, usually he'd be like, yeah, go ahead. But a lot of times he'd sit down and he'd watch like an action movie or something like that. And he, and, um, I got in pretty early on it and I was watching it with him. For some reason, I didn't try to get him to turn the channel, but I think because it has Andy Griffin in it, uh, Andy Griffith, Griffith. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, from Mayberry. Right. And, um, so that kind of caught my attention and he's actually a bad guy in this movie. He's, He's kind of an evil guy for that matter. Um, it's a, mm. And the name of the movie is called Savages. Um, well, there's mm. this guy on Instagram who um, he likes to put out there like, uh, hey, you know, like if there's anything that you, you know, you can't remember or something, give me the general synopsis of it and I'll blast it out there and we'll see if we can track this down. And so this is what I told him. Um, the hero of the movie has a slingshot and there's a scene that has something to do with a gas station and it's revolving around the desert. And that's all I can remember about it. So he put that (laughs) out there and somebody came back with savages and I looked it up and sure enough, that was the movie. Oh, that's so cool. Right. Essentially, um, uh, Andy is like, um, he's a big game hunter 
Um, so he goes to different mm-hmm. areas. So to to big game hunt. You know, he's a rich. He's a rich guy. So he goes to um, to this desert town and he hires a couple of guys um, to be like a, a guide for him, so he can go out there and hunt in the desert. I really don't know what you would hunt in the desert, but whatever it is, he's out there hunting it. And uh, somewhere along the line, he accidentally kills one of the guys. Right. So he tries mm-hmm. to tell the the younger dude, which was more the assistant, like, listen, let's, you know, let's, uh, let's just, I, you know, the, it might turn against me. Let's just leave him out here. We'll cover him up and, you know, I'll make it worth your while. I'll give you a check for $10,000. Now, mind you, this was a 70s made for TV movie. So in the 70s, 10 grand was like a big chunk of change. Uh, anyways, the oh, kid, yeah. the kid wouldn't do, go for it. You know, he too much of a guilty conscience. Right. And uh, so finally, the, you know. Andy realizes like this this kid ain't gonna play ball, so he is going to kill the guy. But he gets away, so now Andy's hunting him. Now this guy's been come the game, and uh, so he's <laughs> trying to hunt him. So that's kind of primarily the most of the movie is is him trying to hunt this guy in the desert. And one point, like he buries himself and has like a I don't know like a little straw or something to breathe out of, and you know like it's all this Dang. it's it's all this stuff so he cannot get caught. But somewhere along the line, he finds like this uh, wrist rocket, you know, like a slingshot, but you know, like one of the fancy ones that hook to your to your arm. Yeah, yeah. and uh, that's kind of how he takes Andy down, and like a gas station's explode or something. Like I haven't rewatched it since I got it yet, but I'm planning on one of these Sunday afternoons um, to watch it and think about my grandfather while I watch it because uh, I remember sitting there watching that's it with cool. him, and it's it's really kind of a cool pickup. Um, that's really cool. So. So uh, a few months back, uh, and this one kind of ties into a story, so I'll, I'll just briefly go over this. But Curtis, uh, me and him did a little deal, uh, primarily through his store. You know, I traded some items to the store, and he, you know, with a, with this a boss's approval, so there was nothing shady or anything. But I got a um, right. like my favorite uh, Game Boy game, which isn't particularly like an original game. It's it's a port of an NES game, but I actually played this a lot as a teenager, and that's the DuckTales. Um, it's it's okay. essentially the exact same game as... I really don't know if there's any difference. I'd have to play them both back-to-back to tell you. I mean, the NES is a better game because it's, it's nice. It's better to look at, you know, but... Um, right. The mechanics of this is still flawless on the Game Boy, and he had, like, might be the prettiest box copy that still has the wrap on it i mean it just didn't have the game but i don't care because i have the game so he traded me right. this empty box and i also got a nice a really nice copy of a bubble bobble boxed and this is complete and uh, so i was able nice. to get those trade in some stuff you know some consoles and things that i had you know for those exact situations like every now and then a game store will get something and you can work out a good deal um so i got that uh, it might have. I think it was the same trip. Um, yeah, it was. Me and him went to Frankenstein's, which is like this big kind of indoor swap meet kind of thing. And uh, uh-huh. this is where haggling could get you in trouble. If if um, you know, sometimes you should just take a good deal, right? It worked out for me, but uh, sometimes like when you <laughs> when you got a good deal, just take the good deal. So we had went there actually like three months or so before that. It might even have been a little longer than that. It might have been more like four or five months or so. And we went to this one particular booth. And he has a lot of stuff, but his prices are really high. Like everything is really high, right? 
um, grossly uh-huh. to be exact. I mean, some of it's like you know you could just <laughs> you, you could just instantly go to eBay and just buy it cheaper, right? Like uh, like Curtis was trying to complete because you know he got a big trade in of empty boxes, which one of them was the Ducktales, but the other ones he was trying to piece together for his store. So he was going to go out and buy these carts and stick them in there to increase the value. And uh, one of them was right. like this real common game. Um, I can't think of the name of it. It's got this little dinosaur on the cover, cartoonish looking dinosaur. And he was going to, he's going to make this, you know, he's going to buy it. And it's like a, you know, a $10 is probably the max he should pay. And he had like $20. So Curtis was like, oh, Hey man. dude, like, let me show you something. Like, look at all these listings for $10. Can you do 10? He goes, you know, I'll do 15. And you know, it's like, why, why would I pay more? Why? I can just buy it for ten, and they can mail it to the store. Like, why would I do that? So that's kind of who we're dealing with here, right? Right. But right. He had this box copy of Galaxy Five Thousand. Now, I'm not really even—I don't really even know the game. Honestly, I don't even think I've ever played it. I might have played it when I originally got it a long time ago, years ago. But it didn't ring—you know—it doesn't really resonate with me. But it is one of the last manuals that I need. I only need about thirty manuals, and this was one of them. And uh, so I opened up the box, you know, and it was there, like I said, like five, six months ago, whatever it was that we had went. Um, still mm-hmm. sitting there, it still has the same price tag. Now, at the time, I really didn't give it a lot of look. I just saw the price. I'm like, eh, I wasn't that interested. But now I'm thinking, well, hey, man, it's got the manual in it. Let me look it up. And I looked it up, and it's going for like 250 265 or something, right? Mm. Well, it's still sitting there with this $100 price tag on it. And I'm like, you know, I could buy it <laughs> and just take out the manual and I could just sell it with the box and the game and probably still make 175 on it. You know what I mean? I'm thinking, like, right. why don't I do that? But then, you know, of course, the haggler in me is like, I show it to him. I was like, hey, man, you got any wiggle room on this? Because that's usually a nice way to, at least for me, that's kind of like my nicer way to haggle, right? When I'd be like, hey, you got any <laughs> right. wiggle room? And, you know, he could look at it and be like, yeah, you know what? I could do, uh, you know, let's say 95 or something. Hey, then I just save five bucks, right? But he didn't do right. that. He pulled his phone out, and I'm like, oh, shit. Uh. <laughs> or, excuse me. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> right. That's two in this episode. I was so good. Um, <laughs> I was like, oh, no. He's going to see what I just saw. And right, uh, he right. looks at it. And, and now, mind you, he has the game in his hand right now. I don't. I mean, it doesn't matter. I haven't paid for it yet. He could easily say, you know what? I'm going to keep it. What can I do? It's his, it's right. his property. And... Um, right. He's like, well, you know what? Uh, this is really good pricing as it is. Uh, you know what? You're right. I'll just pay. Here's the hundred bucks. Can I, you know, can I still have it? Give it to me. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> and he went ahead and did it. And uh, it has everything in it. There is like a UFO, um, like a blueprint. That's that guys who have this never have that. Like I could probably sell oh, the man. blueprint for like 50 bucks, you know, if I wanted to. But I'm just going to probably just keep it together for now and just that's cool live with it uh so then i'm gonna get to a story that just happened um two days ago or maybe it was three days ago okay now. so um very similar situation okay so this time i did you know again um this is a local game store that i deal with a lot and usually they're always priced kind of high so what i normally do is i find what i want and i kind of st- lay it out and i take a picture of it and I'll text the boss because I'm friends with the owners. There's a couple of owners. When I mm-hmm. say friends, like we're friends, but, you know, we're not, hey, let's go have a beer, friends. But, you know, we've known each other for a long right. time. 
Um, and usually anytime I ask for a discount or I'll hit them with the price, hey, can you take this? They usually take it. Or maybe they'll counter, but I usually never pay what they're asking, right? Um, right. So after playing Rygar, you know, I, it, I, this is one of those games that, you know, I told the story earlier. It was a childhood game. Even though I only owned it for like a day or two, I still wanted all the games that I actually owned as a kid boxed yep. you know like yep. i i have all the cards but i want to have them boxed it's just like a weird little collection goal but you know hey it's my goal my money so here's rygar and a few weeks back they you know i i follow them on facebook or whatever so whenever they get these big trade-ins they usually will spread it all out on the counter and take a picture of it and be like look we got some stuff come buy it and um you know work has been real hectic so i haven't really had a chance to go but I noticed they had two of the games that I've been looking to add to my collection boxed. And one of them is WrestleMania. And I keep seeing it listed at prices that I like, but it's never the one I want. Like, I want the original print with the circle seal, not the oval seal. Um, mm-hmm. That's just what I want because that's that's would have been the one I would have owned. It's the one I rented, but it's it just looks better. You know, I just like it. I, I want that print. And uh, so they had that. And they had Rygar. Now, they were both showing just like the spine, right? Like it wasn't standing up and it definitely wasn't the back. So I really didn't know which ones they were. And like I said, they're usually pretty high. So I wasn't in this big hurry to go down there. I figured, well, when I'm in the neighborhood, I'll stop and see if they're still there. So they were both there. So I get them out. And, you know, Rygar has a 120 tag on it. And WrestleMania had an 80 price tag on it. Now, the 120 for this Rygar, now this is... This is the one I would have had, too. It's the first print. I mean, Rygar still isn't even copyrighted, so that's when you know you're dealing with early prints. It still says trademark, Mm -hmm. and it's got the circle seal. And when you flip it over, it was one of the rare non-Nintendo-branded games that have a hang tab, okay? Now, Mm -hmm. hang tab is something that's built into... I know you know, but, you know, for people who are listening, it's it's something that's built into the box, and I guess they would think that the consumer is going to open this box and pull this tab up and use it to hang it on something like what kids had that kind of setup i don't know but (laughs) apparently that's what they thought or maybe they thought at a rental store or something like i really don't even know the purpose of the hang tab to be honest but yeah um it's all really nice well this goes for about 250 to 300 depending on how nice it looks and like I said, they had it for 120, so good price, right? It's like I'm not gonna haggle that one. I'm, like I would, if all I bought that day was just that one, I would have been completely ahead of the game, really happy with my purchase. But I also wanted this WrestleMania. Now at 80, that's a little aggressive. Like I see cheaper listings, but this is in really nice condition. So I'm thinking, well, I could keep you know searching and you know maybe i get it for 70 maybe i get it for 65 but this is 80 it's right in front of my face but maybe i can get them down like 20 bucks maybe i can get them to do it for 60 so i don't want to just show them wrestlemania and be like hey i'm gonna buy this will you do 60 on it because then he's most likely to be like eh, 75 or maybe 70 at the most mm-hmm. but if i show him mm-hmm. that i'm also spending another 120 dollars right maybe right. he'll take that into consideration and knock 20 off. That's kind of what I'm hoping for. Like, basically, I'm paying 100 for Rygar and 80 for WrestleMania. Maybe he'll do that, right? So I take the picture and I mm-hmm. sent it to him. And I said, hey, man, well, you know, can you do this? You know, his question back to me was, like, you know, when he responded back, his question was, is that Rygar a hang tab? And I'm like, oh, no. Oh. You're looking oh. at the wrong game. You're supposed to be focusing on WrestleMania. Because I asked him, could you do less on... I, <laughs> you know, you give me a break on the WrestleMania. 
<laughs> he didn't look up WrestleMania. He looked up Rygar. Oh, my God. So I immediately walked over to the counter, and I didn't answer me. I just paid for Rygar. I was like, here you go. I'll take this one, you know, and paid. Because I'm like, I'm just, <laughs> right. I'm, this is his price. I'm getting out of here. So then he, uh, then he like, didn't even wait for a response. He started telling me about some other games that he has. And, you know, so I just sidestepped the question altogether. So then he's like, you know, I tell you what, you know, uh, yeah, you know, I could, I, you know, basically he did what I was hoping for. He took the tax off That's or whatever. Cool. And basically the tax would have been like, cause it's a higher tax rate in Clovis. So like the tax would have been close to 20 bucks anyways, or 15 something. So essentially I got what I wanted, but, uh, boy, I almost blew it, man. I was just like, Oh dude, cause he's, he, he's heartless. He'll be like, you know what? Um, I'm not selling that after all. You know what I mean? I know, I know <laughs> right. Kevin, and, and I, I wouldn't blame him either. Right. He, you know, I don't know if he priced it or if he wasn't thinking about hang tab. Problem is, is I and again, I knew what he was going to see if he looked it up because when I looked it up, the highest one listed was the hang tab one. And when you go to the, because right. that's usually how uh, eBay will structure it. You know what I mean? Because they want you to buy the most right. expensive product, not the cheapest. So. Exactly. So, anyways, a couple other games that I got recently. Um, I got a really nice copy of Rambo, which uh, wasn't something I owned as a kid, but I love this cover, man. It looks great, and um, it's. I kind of want all the movie-based games, and I have a lot of them already. Rambo was one that I definitely wanted. Every '80s kid was a Rambo fan to some degree, and uh, heck yeah. And another one that I owned as a kid as well. Uh, but I don't think I owned it boxed. I think I bought this cart loose, if I remember correctly. I don't really remember going to the store and buying this, but I did own it. It was City Connection. And, uh, oh, yeah. This is one of those arcade style games, you know. You know, it's nothing real special about it, even though it is weird to see on the back. Um, one of the levels in is in New York, and in the back is the World Trades, the, the Twin Towers. So that's kind of, mm. that's different. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So I got that, and uh, then the last two. Um, um, this a friend of mine in Chicago was selling. Uh, he had bought like a nice collection recently, and um, I, you know I don't really uh, know where he got it or what he paid or whatever, but he doesn't post a lot, so I immediately messaged him because he had a copy of Gunsmoke in there, and it's the one with the cartoon. Uh, the cartoon cover, which I think is a little more uncommon than the realistic cover. And, uh, on the box, you mean? Yes. Uh, well, even on the game, yeah. there's a, there's a label variant. Um, the, there's the one, the cartoon. Yes. The cartoon cover is the more, yeah, I think, I, I, I think it's the rare. Uh, yeah. And, and glad you confirmed that. Cause I, that's what I remembered it being the harder one to find. Mm-hmm. And, uh, which ironically, I found the cartoon one first when I was hunting these down originally. But um, anyway, so yeah, I got it. it's a real nice copy. Um, it completes got all the little bells and whistles. I think it's got the poster and everything in it, and it even has like a a sticker on it, of, um, a special offer from Capcom from Captain Commando. Um, what does it say? <laughs> a, get a battery powered watch. So you, there was a mail-away for only nineteen ninety-five. Um, details inside the packaging. So it must have had a mail-away for it inside the box. Cool. Uh, so that was cool. Um, and, of course, it made some of my... Coll- I love that game. Yeah, and I got it at a really nice price, too. And it made some of my collector friends uh, a little salty. So that makes it even better. <laughs> you know what I mean? When uh, you can rub it in on someone else without even knowing they wanted it. Um 
And I was able to tell, uh, you know, a friend of the show, a friend of ours, uh, NES Complex. Um, I was able to, there was other games there, and they, and they were in such fantastic condition. I was like, you know, I knew, you know, he's always kind of on the hunt, and, you know, he doesn't mind throwing down some cash. So, uh, mm. I, you know, I, I said, hey, dude. You know, I sent him the picture of what I was looking at, and I showed him what I got. And I was like, this is what I got from him so far, and this is what's left. He goes, well, what are you getting? And I was like, I'm just getting the, the gun smoke, you know. Um, but I already got the the city connection in Rambo because that's all, I got them all from that guy. Uh, so he was able to get some things. He got himself a a nice little Super C, which was very good condition, and um, oh. a Mickey Mickey Mouse uh, the Mickey Mouse is a Mouse Capade Mickey Mouse Capade. He got that one, which you know not something I would have went after, but I, you know it's a Capcom title. It, it looked very nice, so uh, he was happy with his purchases. Um, he's very grateful that I had passed very on cool. the, the deals to him. Um, and then the last, uh, I got one other thing after this, but, um, uh, the last thing NES wise was, uh, when the prices started going up, you know, we were all sitting around that summer where we didn't really have nothing to do. And, uh, and, uh, you know, I, you, you shop a little bit and I had at that around that time, I had got a really nice copy of metal gear and, uh, you know, box copy. And I always loved the artwork on that. It's like one of my favorite boxes. And I thought, well, you know what? I want to get Snake's Revenge, too. Because, you know, it's only two games. And then I'll have both of them. And when I looked it up, the prices had skyrocketed. I was seeing like 300 and 250 And I oh, wasn't seeing wow. anything that I was willing to spend on it. Because it just it didn't matter to me that much, you know? And uh, well, so, Snake's Revenge was a later release, right? That came out in the Super Nintendo era, I think. It, it that That's possible. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um... Well, it says 1990 on the box. I think the I think the thing about it that um, makes it unique or has a little weird about it, something that's weird about it is, and you're right, it's getting on, it's it's on that Super Nintendo era, but um, the fact that somebody wasn't happy with this game because it's not called Metal Gear Two, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's called Snake's Revenge, yep. and uh, the guy who does yep. um, I can't think of his name, or I, I could probably pronounce it if I wanted to, but is it Kojima? <laughs> I don't know. The guy who does I think so, yeah, the guy yeah, who's yeah. Uh, who was the guy at at um, at Konami, um, right? The guy who did Metal Gear and Castlevania and a couple other big titles. Um, he didn't like it, and he didn't want to be associated with it. So he had nothing to do with this game, and he really didn't want his name associated with it at all. He wasn't happy with it. So, uh, matter of fact, I don't even think he was happy with the Metal Gear port, which I really liked that game. I remember playing that as a teen and beating it and feeling so satisfied about it. Because it was the first game that I had the ever... NES version. Yeah, I mean the best version is oh, yeah. the you know um, you know the one for PlayStation. The that's the best one. But well, I only ever played the um, NES version. You never, never played, played Metal Gear Solid. Versions. Nope. Which is nope. Oh, dude, that's I think even well, I never now had a PlayStation. Amazing. Well, you have one now, don't you? Well, yeah, I do. Well, but I and I, I think I have the game. It's I, not I, I even that. It. Yeah, it's um, not even that rare. Like it's a pretty common game if you don't have it. But um, I I love the NES game. Um, again, another another Konami, uh, great Konami game. Right. I mean, technically um, it was Ultra, but it was a Konami game. Ultra, right, right, right. Yeah, right. But, yeah. but um, I do have Snake's Revenge in my collection, and I don't think I ever played that game back in the day. See, um, I, I remember when I bought it. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. And I played it. I remember when I bought it and put it in. It didn't look familiar to me. So, well, I remember pl- after I beat Metal Gear, I found out that there was a sequel, 
Um, so I, I had tracked down a copy of Snake's Revenge, which wasn't really that hard to find at the time. Now it's not as easy to find. Um, and I remember not getting through it. I remember playing it and like the mechanics were a little different and I don't know, there was something mm-hmm. that was different about it that didn't give me that same, that same feeling I yeah, had when weird. I played Metal Gear. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, I tracked down this box. Well, it's complete. Well, actually it's not complete. It's missing the manual, which is okay. Cause it was 75 bucks. Completely happy with the purchase and uh very happy with it and plus i already had the manual you know with my other game already so if i wanted to put it in the box, it doesn't really matter it's i already have it so yeah that's my uh yeah like i said i've been kind of on a little rush lately of uh box nes games just because i'm really just trying to track down these ones that i need or you know quote unquote need for my collection that i've been wanting to, to get you know jaleco they are so crappy with the way they put things I'm looking at the way, you know how people hated that, you know, Jalico put, or Jalico, depending on how you um, pronounce it. Oh, yeah. How they yeah, put yeah. that on the end label and everything. They put Jalico on the end label, yeah. Right. Well, they they also flipped the way the writing is on the side of the box. I'm looking at it now, and if you, you can't <laughs> put it to match up right. Like, it goes the opposite uh, direction. They're just jerks to the end. They don't uh-huh. even do about it. Um, so one, what, one other thing I want to mention that I, I got recently a couple of, I hate to say Holy Grail, but I mean, there's no really other way to say it. Um, I, I've been wanting to get like a nice top loader VCR. I don't even care if it works. I just want it for the aesthetics. I mean, obviously I'd like it to mm-hmm. work, but even if it worked hundred percent, it wouldn't be my go-to VCR anyway. Cause I mean, frankly, the quality mm, doesn't right. match up to the to the 2000s or the late 90s vcrs anyway but i've been wanting a nice rca top loader i found one at my secret spot in fresno um the guy you know he's always good to me anytime i find something there he's always typically he always gives me a price that i i I rarely haggle with him but he wants me to like he he likes to haggle he doesn't mind he'll think about what you're saying and he'll be like okay if he likes it, he'll do it. I've never had him say no, but I normally don't insult him. If he he gives me a good price, I say thank you and I pay him. Because it's a kind of a respect thing. He's an older man, uh, really nice guy, and he's just a good guy. And he knows his stuff. That's the other thing I respect him for. I bring up the most random stuff, Duke. And you know, he'll be like, oh, yeah, that goes for like about 50 bucks. And he goes, but uh, how about 20 and I'm like, I, I was, just, I'm like, dude, I'm always impressed with the way you know. <laughs> There's so many things in this store. I'm talking thousands of items, and it's all new stuff constantly, because the way his business works, he gets a lot of stuff in there, and it's constant, constant new stuff. And he always seems to, he's always on the money. And uh, so I got. I, now, how secret is this spot? I'm telling you, uh, I never see any of my. Like who local... doesn't? Who doesn't know about it? Does Curtis know about it? Oh Does no, no, Matt none Manny of my. No, about they, I mean, I've told them about oh. it, but they've never been to it because they don't live in my area. You won't. Okay. If they ever came down to visit, I'd take them to it, but I'd have to put a blindfold on or something. I was going to yeah. get a blindfold. Yeah, on I'd that. blindfold them, but uh, <laughs> I would not tell them the guy's name. I wouldn't let them talk to him. Okay, uh, you cannot speak. <laughs> I will negotiate for you. you. Tell me what you want to spend. I will go talk to him. Yeah, it's very secret. Uh, as far as I know, like there's only a, there's a there's one particular guy I would not want him down there because me and him have very similar tastes. So it's really just secret from him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I but see. Um, I see. The, and then now I'll go back a few weeks prior to that, I had went there and I got 
my other VCR Holy Grail, and I have three. So, so far I've knocked off two. Uh, the top loader, uh -huh. and I know I can get this repaired because I have a friend who does repairs, and he is probably just a belt. And he, mm -hmm. he'd probably do it just because he likes tearing things apart, and he's just a really nice guy. Um, but there was a second Holy Grail there, and this was something that I've never seen in person before. I've only seen it in pictures, and I rarely see that. And it's a vertical VCR. So it looks like a computer tower. Yeah. And the tape <clears throat> goes in sideways. Okay. That thing was so cool looking. Right. Now, that's going to need a little bit of repair, too. It For whatever reason, it won't engage. When you put the tape in, it holds it in for a second, and it kicks it right back out. So I'm assuming it's some sort of sensor that um, mm. a, that thinking that you're hitting eject. It's probably something that's not that hard to fix, but I, it's not my wheelhouse. So I will be taking this right. to my friend Al. He doesn't know it yet. We're supposed to get together in a couple of weeks. I'm going to go down to the L.A. area. I'm going to buy him a bunch of beers. And then I'm going to go to my trunk, and I'm going to show him the things that I need him to fix. And uh, <laughs> That's how you and, do it. And I think he'll do it. Uh, if nothing else, if I had to choose between the two, I guess I'd rather him fix the vertical VCR because that's something that I think is just looks too cool. There, I've seen a lot of top loaders. I've never seen one of these. Now, I, know they, I, I knew they existed, but I'd never seen one. So that's... And I've, I've come across at least four or five top loaders in the past that I just didn't buy because they didn't work. And I then I thought, why not just buy them? Like, I mean, not all of them, but at least one of them because then <laughs> what if I could fix it or get it fixed or just because it just looks cool. But um, so, yeah, I got that. And again, that was 10 bucks, too. So I got both of them for 20 bucks combined at two mm. different times. But I mean, dude, just parts as parts, they're worth 100 150 bucks a piece so very happy with them and, and the last thing i'll talk now, i've never knew a vertical i never knew a vertical vcr existed and when you put that picture up i was like whoa what is that it, it is really cool looking i must say well thank you and the, and the last holy grail that i haven't tracked down yet is now you know how i like the tv vcr combos right of course well there is a boxy one that kind of squared off that has a vertical vcr slot and what yep and it's usually like really cool colors too like orange and red and stuff like that and it's like ah oh, you know what i mean that i will buy that working or not i don't even care if the tv works i'll buy it just because i want to own it but I obviously my yeah i've never seen anything like that so what does the tape go beside the screen like yep like it's like fat on the side not super fat but you know it's a little Whoa. fatter on the side that the v the tape yeah. goes in and um yeah, so essentially it's like, That's it'd be kind of like a, you know how like a knob TV is set where the one side is wider yeah, than the yeah. other side? Same kind, same kind of deal. Yeah. And I think like the button configuration is probably like underneath the tape or underneath the screen. Um, I've never seen one of those in person, but I've seen them in pictures. And so I know they exist. And... Um, that's what I'm going for, man. I want that bad. If I ever find one, <laughs> that's a cool I'll, goal. I'll pay up. You know what I mean? Trust me. I mean, I don't, I don't know what up. Yeah. I'm not too up, but I'll definitely go out of my <laughs> comfort zone to, to get that. Um, and then the last thing, uh, me and Shannon, we were out hunting a few weeks back. Eh, probably a little longer than that now. But um, it was one of those days where it was kind of like we got a late start, so we hit some thrifts. You know, hit, uh, we hit a couple of estate sales because at that point there wasn't too many going. So we did that pretty quickly. We hit some thrift stores and we were going to this one particular part of town. And um, it's the older homes and that's usually where I like to shop. 
and uh, I saw a yard sale sign. I knew it was late in the day, but I thought, you know what? I have a good feeling about this one. I followed the sign, went to the guy, got out, asked him if he had any VHS, no, any video games, no. I looked down, and he had this beautiful um, mid to late, like 87, 88, that range, uh, a Sanyol double cassette, boombox, um, mm. pink. I mean, this ah. was definitely one of those ones that was probably marketed towards girls at the time, uh-huh. kind of like a teenage girl radio. Um, you right. know, I mean, it could have been a little older than that, but it is so neat. It has the, it has four speakers. So like ones, the two are facing you and then there's two on the top. Uh, I'll put a picture okay. of it on the discord. Um, cassette deck works great. Uh, the, the first one works perfect. The second one, you could tell it's running a little slow, so it's probably just a belt, but I don't care. It just looks awesome. Yeah. I'm so happy. Uh, the one, the tape deck a works perfect i mean it sounds great i put up a tiktok and a instagram video of it playing uh, a, a cassette so and cool. it just sounds fantastic um probably can't put that video up on the discord it's not quite that piece it's easy so there's a few cuss words in there but i, I could do it again i could re- recreate what i did with a nicer more friend family friendly cassette but um Real happy with it, man. And and they got only wanted five bucks for it. You know, the funny thing was is Whoa. I, I'm asking oh, wow, him if he, I, I, this is when sometimes you got you gotta get out of your own way, Duke. So <laughs> I uh I pick it up and it's mine, you know, it's it's it ain't going nowhere. I got it. I asked him how much you want. He said five bucks. So at this point, why don't I just pay the man and leave? You know what I mean? Like even <laughs> right. if it doesn't work, I know in the condition that it's in even if the cassette decks don't work, that thing's worth at least 50 to 60 bucks as is easily. And I can mm, if, easy, easily, easily. Yeah. You should see how pretty this thing is. The colors are vibrant. Mm. He said it belonged to his wife. She must have kept it in a nice spot in the kitchen or somewhere. This thing looks fantastic. It don't look brand new, but it mm. looks really, it doesn't look like it's been owned that long. You know what I mean? It looks like somebody opened it out of the box maybe a year ago. It looks really nice. Colors right. are really, they pop. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm over here asking the guy, hey, you got any outside outlets? Can I try this out? You know, because he has some cassettes there. You know, he had a Journey cassette and a couple right, other cassettes. Right. So I'm thinking, well, I'll just pop it in and see if it plays. If it don't play, I'm still buying it for $5. And then this right. man's like, well, I don't. He goes, but I tell you what, if it doesn't work, bring it back. And I'm like, no. I'm like, what? I'm sorry, sir. I just apologize. I'm sorry, sir. I don't even know why I'm bothering you. Of course, I'll give you your five. Here you go. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> I was, I, after I paid for him, I was like, you know what you should have did? You should have grabbed the radio from me and told me to get the hell off your yard. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. I was like, it's such a jerk move. Like, $5 for this thing? Why am I even talking to him That's anymore? Funny. Just pay him and get out of no, here. No, it's just your instinct at this point. It is, but I, I. But the thing is, I knew that no matter what, what am I going to do? Hey, the right. cassette deck don't work. Will you take $2? What am I, I'm not going to do like, this, <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, what am I doing here? I'm wasting time. So, yeah. Yep. So it was a, it's been a good couple of months of hunting, man. That's cool. Yep. Yeah, it's a good time of year for it. It's springtime, and you know, flea markets are going to start popping up, and uh, the days are getting longer, so you got more time to to hunt. So yeah, it's a good time for it for sure. Yep. Get out there, man. Get out there early. Get the good stuff. Yep. All right. Well, I guess that's the show. So 
here we didn't have a, a main topic, and we're at two hours and 15 minutes, so that's we had a beefy show. That's good. Well, man. yeah, lots, I lots mean, about. Uh, about 30, 45 minutes of Batman talk, so... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I yeah. I didn't think that was going to go that way. So, well, we, um, our main topic that we were going to do is uh, another year in review, and we were going to do, what, 91? Yes, right? I think we were going 91. Yeah. So we'll probably end up doing that for next month, just to get to give you guys a little yeah so heads up so what, that, so. I, what what we're kind of planning on doing with these year topics is you know maybe alternate between 80s and 90s and bounce back and forth mm-hmm. and, you know eventually we'll have all of them out of the way but you know uh, this way we're not going too many consecutive years in a row kind of thing you know break it up right. a little bit right like this one would do 91 exactly. next time we revisit the 90s maybe we'll do 97 or something you know kind of bounce back and forth yeah. kind of thing exactly so that's our plan for next month and uh, Matt, where are you? Let's let's see some games beaten here. Let's get some uh, posts on the Discord so we can, you know, get this beat the bandy challenge uh, underway a little bit more. Or so, or, or how I'm about uh, Mrs. Bandy or Bandy Junior? One of the Bandy families yeah. need to represent here because uh, Papa Bandy, you're lagging, buddy. <laughs> Well, that's it, and um, don't forget to check out the Discord. We're going to put some cool pictures up um, in reference to this show, and uh, it's always fun being on there and just chatting about other things as well. So check it out, and we will see you next time. Thanks. Thanks.